Southern California, created by our friend Bob Forrest and his friends, Evan, Jared, and Bob. Their mission, to create a treatment center that treats addicts and alcoholics with compassion and connection rather than control. They have decades and decades and decades of experience in treating co-occurring mental illness, including SMI. They make sure your detox is as comfortable as possible which is really great if you're kicking heroin or crack or meth or alcohol. You want a comfortable detox for sure. They have amenities you wouldn't believe. Sound bath meditation, equine therapy, surfing, the potentially spiritually transformative sweat lodge. If you're fucked and you're willing to go to sunny Southern California to get help, I cannot suggest going to Oro enough. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Sober Buddy. Sober Buddy is an amazing app. They have a new free, free, free tracker of your sobriety. And uh, you just go to YourSoberBuddy.com and get their free online sober tracker and then sign up for Your Sober Buddy and you could do all these cool Sober Buddy challenges. Totally helps with, with sobriety and actually... It makes my life better that I do these challenges. It's weird. I didn't expect it to actually impact my life, but I really like the Your Sober Buddy app. Please check it out at YourSoberBuddy.com or at the Google Store or the App Store. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our new friends at Dope. I'm hearing a lot of people enjoying the delicious cookie dough from Dope. They make incredible cookie dough. The brownie bites, the cookie monster, my favorite chocolate chip, so good. I saw their founder, Kelsey, on Shark Tank years ago. I heard it was called Dope, D-O-U-G-H-P, and I knew it was written in the stars. 
Kelsey, like me and most of you, is an addict in recovery, and she believes in ending the stigma around addiction and shining a spotlight on recovery. A portion of every delicious sale of dope is also donated to She Recovers, a nonprofit charity with a mission to connect, support, and empower women in or seeking recovery. Life is raw. Cookie dough helps. Use Dopey15 for 15% off at D-O-U-G-H-P.com or find them in select stores nationwide. This stuff is ridiculously tasty. If you're going to buy cookies or cookie dough, buy dope at D-O-U-G-H-P.com. Code Dopey15 for 15% off. Get it? This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by Evolution Accounting and Consulting. They are a full-service accounting firm that can help you with your taxes, bookkeeping, payroll, and almost any other business need you have. Thanks to technology, they work with people from all over the country and pride themselves on building exceptionally strong relationships with their clients. They say that their passion allows you to pursue yours because they understand the stress caused by worrying about taxes and other accounting issues. When you allow them to take this off your plate, you'll be freed up to focus on what you love to do. And perhaps more than anything else, the firm is run by a fucking crackhead. Fortunately, he's been in recovery for years now and knows the struggle as well as the success. Use promo code DOPEY when you connect with him at www.evolution-accounting.com to receive very special discounts. Before we get to the show, I want to tell you guys about Mobilize Recovery uh, with my friend Ryan Hampton. It's an amazing cause that's going national this September, and it's a project really close to my heart. It's a nonprofit organization and a way for you to pitch in and help end overdose and addiction in America. There's a way for everyone to get involved. There is no cost and there is no hidden agenda. Mobilized Recovery is about you, your community, and what we can be doing together to inspire recovery solutions all across the United States. Here's Ryan. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Hampton recovery advocate and founder of Mobilize Recovery. And I'm jumping on with Dopey today because we need you to help end overdose and addiction and inspire solutions for recovery across the United States. This September, the nonprofit initiative Mobilize Recovery is launching a national bus tour in partnership with iHeartMedia and Google. And we want to learn what your community, your organization, and your projects are doing to mobilize for change. Help us map the journey across the country. Learn more today at mobilizerecovery.org and submit your ideas to us. There's so many ways for you to get involved and to help us highlight the recovery experience that is so unique in different regions across all 50 states. Go to mobilizerecovery.org to learn more and to help us map this journey. And I hope we get to meet so many of you this coming September during National Recovery Month. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Support Mobilized Recovery. Support Dopey Patreon. Buy gear on the fucking uh, dopeypodcast.com. I just got 24 new style Big Bird or Big Bud snapbacks. Just 24. If you want them, message me on Instagram. It's 30 bucks with uh, with stickers. Also at the dopeypodcast.com store, we have... Uh, that Buddha stuff. The Buddha stuff is going to go out of print in a second. We might make a second run, but if you want yours, we are going to be shipping June 1st, so put in an order now. There's tons of other amazing stuff on there. 
and I have a ton of socks, a ton of stickers. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there. Anyway, enough with the fucking ads. Before I say here's the show, subscribe to YouTube. I appreciate everything you guys are doing. Go to the Dopey Nation Zoom. The Dopey Nation Zoom is posted uh, on the Dopey Nation page on Facebook. I will post more schedules on the Dopey Nation Zoom on Instagram. Basically, it's a fellowship right there available every week, 25 meetings. They do AA, NA, NOA, Dharma, fucking uh, smart recovery, a ton of stuff. Find your, your people. Go to Dopey Nation Zoom. Enough with the ads. Here's the fucking show. This one is incredibly dopey. Hit these motherfuckers with some dopey, dude. I love that dopey every day. I love to hear the next thing that Chris and Dave are gonna say. And yes, there's dopey. I used to be a junkie, but now I have some hopey because of those dopes down at dopey. Welcome to Dopey, the podcast on drugs, addiction, and other dumb shit. My name is Dave. I'm in Long Island with the return of, uh, of Fentanyl J. Is this the one? No, no, it's this one. No, it's not that one. It's this one. Welcome back, Jay. Fentanyl J. And there's uh, you gotta get it on the mic. What are you doing? Oh and what are you what are you I'm doing here? Up. What are you what are you doing? I'm fucking up. What's early. going on? What's going on? <laughs> it's early days. He's I'm fidgeting, fucking up. fidgeting with the vape and some pieces of I'm paper. I'm not vaping in here though. Why not, Linda? You can vape in here. Oh, word? It's a vape. Well, I'm can... fucking vaping in here. <laughs> I'm vaping in here, Linda. <laughs> I'm vaping in here, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, so there's a woman at our meeting who loves Jay. She actually shared at a meeting that she had a dream. That me and her were married and Jay was our child. Love child. And she doesn't want Jay to be called Fentanyl Jay. Mm. She wants Jay to be called Phenomenal Jay. Oh, shout out. Shout out to K-Dot. What do you think? Shout out to k Do you want to be called Phenomenal Jay or, or Fentanyl <laughs> Jay or just Jay? Uh, I don't know. Fentanyl Jay was coined. You coined it a little bit. I and did. It was coined. Minted. And, and not only that, I was recognized as Fentanyl Jay. Now, hold up. <laughs> hold up. Before before we get into that, I just want to give a shout out to this this weird company that aren't advertising. It's this weird health. Hold on for a second. I got to pause this. Jay always inspires me to shout people out because he's a big shout out shout person. Out. So we're going to give a shout out to Garden Lights Veggies Made Great for the spinach egg white frittata. <laughs> Fucking good. Fire. Fire frittata. Fiery frittata. I'm going to make you one before you go. <laughs> Please. And then also shout out to Fentanyl J for bringing a nice iced coffee. Yeah, I did that. Why don't you describe the, the beverage that you All brought right, so, over? Uh, this is actually, I wasn't even going to go venti, you know, but uh, I got the Starbucks app. Shout out to Starbucks. Um, it's very. You use the app. Too. I use the you app. You don't play. Heavily. You did it at home. Like you're in bed. You're like, what am I'm, I going to get? I'm heavily on the app. My points, my Starbucks points are fucking crazy. I can probably get a fucking mug. Really? Yeah. So we're on the phone. A mug or two. Jay's like, hold on, I got ice in my mouth. 
People don't like that. What? You know what that is? What? When people, when I. Using the app? No, in the old days, I used to eat when we did the show, (laughs) while we did the show. And people would write these things. I really love Chris on the show, but Dave is disgusting with the eating. And there's something called (laughs) misophonia, which is like a a, a horrible reaction to mouth sounds like eating or ice in the mouth. But what about all the ASMR people, you know? You know what that is? I do only because of my kid, but break it down. So, like, people eat, like, carrots. Yes. Like, real close to the mic. Real slow. Who does that? People. I heard ASMR is more like waxy paper, like, fucking, like, crunkly shit. Oh, that could be be what ASMR is, but there's a subreddit of ASMR. Like a subcategory. Look at you. Off social media, but deep in the ASMR subreddit. <laughs> deep in the ASMR scene, people I love. No, I don't love. People love hearing people eat carrots. Wow. And celery. Really? And on, yeah, so as many people as are shy. What? Mesophobia? Misophonia. Misophonia. Misophonia or misophonia? Phobia? Phomia. Phomia. Phomia or phonia. So as many people as you're shunning with this misophonia. I'm I'm attracting somebody else. No (laughs) way. It's all lip smacking, disgusting sounds. Uh It's not the yummy carrot munching sound. You have misophonia and I'm and I'm uh, ASMR. ASMR. So so first I wanted to shout out the frittata. I was hungry. I came home. I made one. Unbelievably delicious. Unbelievably delicious. And and I like saying the word frittata. Frittata as well. Pretty pretty healthy too. Yeah, break it wow, down. Very healthy. Break it down. Are you kidding? Break it down, Jay. This is crazy. Just they give it to the audience. Gra- wow, look at this ingredient. So vegetable blend of spinach, tomatoes, onions, red and bell red bell peppers, egg whites. What? Mozzarella. This is all real stuff. Are you want one after no, the show? Yeah, I do. No added, no added bullshit. So you like this thing? Yeah. Okay, so let's five the- grams of protein. Gotta get your protein. Maybe when we're done, we're gonna do a special Patreon episode of Ray Taste of uh, Ray of Jay <laughs> tasting the frittata. Yeah, wow. This this is some healthy shit. All right, now let's get back to the story. You're okay. you're you're working. Oh yeah. Ray, and I keep saying fucking Ray. Sugar Ray. We were talking about Ray at the meeting. Shout out to Sugar Ray. <laughs> but but Ray Ray Brown, shout out to Ray Brown, is a former is a is a friend. And former sometime dopey co-host who's in semi-retirement at the moment. We'll see if he comes back. Who knows? Give a shout out to Ray. Shout out to Sugar Ray. Sugar now, Ray the goat. Jay works at a, a restaurant mm-hmm. called Dirty Taco. Oh, shit. Shout out to Dirty Taco. Break it down, Jay. So I was working at a restaurant, at the restaurant. And um, first thing that happens that day, my boy Vegan, shout out to Vegan, real name John. I don't even know his real name because I only call him vegan. Is his real name John? Yes. Okay. Fucking John the vegan. Super fucking like, bro. Fucking my hair is really long. Fucking vegan I to the bone. Red the snowboard. I eat fucking grass and beans. Free tatas. Free eats mad free. Is this vegan? Yeah. No, it's not because it's got eggs. Whatever. It's vegan enough. Anytime I see him eating anything, I say, bro, that's not fucking vegan, bro. <laughs> Yo, what are you doing? I'm about to call the V police. The Does he eat non vegan? No, he's straight vegan. Like, bro, that. Oh, check him out. I don't even know his. I don't have social media, but he's literally a professional snowboarder. Backflip. He's good. Re- 
ridiculous. See, when you described him to me, I didn't imagine somebody who'd be good. He's broed out, dude. He surfs and skates and shreds. And his girl, shout out to his girl, I forgot your name, probably listening right now. She's a listener, avid listener. We got to uh, get her some merch for, for the support. All right, the just support. calm down. <laughs> Come on, bro. Tell the story. You're, okay, you're okay, ruining okay. the whole fucking I'm sorry, story. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, vegan, I'm at my job, comes up to me, and he goes, yo, I didn't know his girl was in recovery. I had no idea. His comes up, apparently she's, she's been in recovery for a few years. Comes up to me and goes, yo, bro. I'm like, yo, what's up, vegan? <laughs> he's like, he's like, bro. So my girl was fucking listening to this podcast. And I was like, oh shit, I know where this is going. Because, you know, no one really knows in my job. You know, I was a fucking rager, you know. Rager is to put it very mildly. Yeah, I was a fucking rager. So he fucking comes up to me and he goes, yo, bro, I was my girl's listening to this podcast. And uh then she saw this picture of you. It said fentanyl J. <laughs> and she goes, is this the kid I met at your job like last night? And I was like, oh, shit. Like deer in headlights at first. I was like, you know what? Yeah. No, but what, he, what you told me, you said, you said vegan comes up to you and he's like, bro, are you fentanyl J? <laughs> yeah. Show me basically, is this, is this you? And I was like, oh, shit. But apparently his girl's an avid listener. Shout out to vegan. Shout out to his girl. She's also an acupuncturist. Acupuncturist One of those Yes And she's fucking That fits him I mean he would be with a And she's older than him He's my age She's probably like 40 Wasn't there someone else That came in too And then the same fucking day Not even Maybe a few hours later The same fucking day I'm fucking waiting tables Like a fucking slave To the fucking world That I I am Um, Conforming to society And working One table at a time Yeah (laughs) Yeah And I I'm waiting this table and this girl, I think her name is Mallory. I forget. Shout out to you, Mallory, if you're listening. If you're listening, um, has the fucking phone has the phone out with a picture of you, you and me. And she goes, "Is that is this you?" I said, "Oh shit!" She says, "Are you fentanyl?" That's the one that said, "Like, are you fentanyl, Jay?" I was like, oh. "What'd you say?" I was like, "I guess maybe, I am. maybe I am." Who's asking? Maybe I'm just phenomenal, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I swear to God, twice in a day. Jay told me that story in it's, hours. I've done the show six and a half years. <laughs> Six and a half years, it's never happened. I've worn dopey gear in the city. I've gone to fucking Narcotics Anonymous meetings hoping to flash the dopey card. Nobody fucking knows. He comes on the show twice. Two people in the middle of Patchogue are like, are you fentanyl, Jay? Yep. That's a big deal, Jay. Yep. That's no joke. No joke. Am I hitting the right button? There you go. That's fucking... I love that. And it's also like, I don't deserve... Listen, I crave the dopey fame. I don't deserve it. I'm happy that you get the dopey fame. I love I love all oh, that shit. Oh, no, but you have the dopey fame. She would love to meet you. Oh, stop she it. She would love to meet you, Dave. All right, one day. She wants to meet you, Dave. Meet me, me at DopeyCon. October oh, 1st. I, I told them. Really? Oh, yep. That's what I'm talking they're about. They're in there. And if you want to come to DopeyCon, you know who else is going to come to DopeyCon? I don't know if you know this guy. He's a legendary skateboarder and 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 felon and horrible drug addict. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Andy Roy, 
Fucking, yeah, fuck. He'll Andy be at, fucking Roy. Yeah, he's going to be at DopeyCon. No way. Fucking Novak's going to be at DopeyCon. What's, what's his fucking... He had this show that I used to watch. That they all skateboard. Rip Ride. Fucking, no. Oh, fucking, no. I know what you're talking about. No, I don't, remember, I don't remember what it's called. Street Camp, some yeah, shit. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, yeah he's a... Shout out to Andy Roy. So bro. he'll he's be at DopeyCon. He's going to be at DopeyCon. Smiling Joe will be at DopeyCon. Fucking Aaron Carr will be at DopeyCon. The list is just getting longer. I'm thinking about camping out in front of Artie Lang's house and petitioning Artie to make his return at DopeyCon. It's probably not a good idea. Wow, though. Andy Roy's going to be there too. And you said Brian Novak? Brandon, Brandon Novak. Novak. Maybe his brother Brian will be there <laughs> too. Maybe up. both the Novak Jack brothers. dudes. <laughs> yeah. But um, so oh, yeah, DopeyCon October 1st. Get your tickets. Oh, we also have a theater. The theater is intact. I don't know. Look, your but no, he's got new teeth. Does he? He's got big pearly whites. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Dude's a savage. So it looks like we have a theater on Forty Second Street. It's called uh, New Playwrights Horizon. Fits two hundred people. We're gonna cater it from Katz's. It's fucking going down. I wow. think you need to be vaccinated, though. Are you vaccinated? Max to the max. You need to be vaccinated for this thing. And if that's a problem, get a vax card. Fake it. Write an email to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Fake vax to the I think vax. Jay, I think Jay could probably fake, fake a vax card for you if you it's need it fake. done. Um, please, we want you at DopeyCon. Don't really fake your vax, vax card. I don't want to Unless be a, you have to. Unless you have to. <laughs> unless it's like violating religious beliefs or, or something fundamentally important to you. Fake that. So yeah, Andy, Rode, Andy Roy's show is uh, King of the Road. King of the Road. Yeah, it was close. And, and we don't know if Brian Novak's going to make it, but Brandon... Will be there. Suppo- wow. Suppose I don't promise. Supposedly Look at fucking he's Andy's come. picture on his Instagram. Let me <laughs> see. He's a savage. Oh yeah, he's great. He's great. Um, so you want to hear a funny story? Yeah. So fucking um, I'm going to Katz's right, and I get to the door, and in the front of Katz's, there's a guy who kind of hands out tickets there. That's he's like the door guy, and he goes, David, this thing arrived for you, and I was like, what? You know what? What could possibly have arrived for me? And he goes, I think it's for the bathroom. And I'm like, what? And um, he gives me this big Amazon box. And I open it up. And in the Amazon box is a motorized toilet brush. And <laughs> years ago, when, when we recorded the show at Chris's family's house in the Hamptons, Chris had crazy money. Mm. And I, one day I was like going off on his family having so much money. I was like, I was like, how could you say your family's not crazy rich when they have this motorized toilet brush? <laughs> and uh, and clearly, the, and fucking I know, fuck you money. I know that's fuck you toilet it brush money. Motor in their toilet brush. Well, it's serious business. I don't even have a fucking toilet brush. <laughs> you know, you want the motorized one? I'll give it if you want it. I'll give it to Sick. you. So, so somebody in the dopey nation sent it to me at Katz's because they must have heard that, and. Um, which I really appreciate. So if it was you, write me an email at dopeypodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you some send you some merch. And if you want dopey merch, there's all sorts of new shit coming out. The dopey Buddha is about to be done. So if you want the dopey Buddha, the first shipping of dopey Buddha is gonna happen on June first. So if get your orders in before June first and that'll come, we got the long sleeve, the tank top, the fucking t shirt. It's dopey nice. Buddha? Dopey Buddha. And then um, the next design Sounds is dope. the next design is pretty fiery. Uh, the Let's next design, it. I'm not no no no. Yes, oh, no the shit, next design is the next design is pretty fiery. So look for that. Get all the dopey merch at dopeypodcast.com. Unfortunately, 
I have like fucking 40 pairs of dopey socks upstairs. Love so those. Either send in a voicemail and I'll read it and I'll give you some fucking socks or just Venmo me 15 bucks. Can't beat that. They're also on sale at DopeyCon. So come to DopeyCon. They'll probably the socks be are socks. Fire. The socks are comfy. The socks are fire. Right? You those still have yours? Socks. Yeah, I wear the, those are like my socks. All right, well, there you go. My go-tos. Um, so then I'm fucking, I'm fucking, I don't know, on the train home and somebody writes me, uh, what dopey episodes would you recommend? And like, I always recommend kind of the same ones, like from, from the early, early days. Cause they have, I have a soft spot for them. And I said, Oh, you know, which show I really liked. It was the show where, uh, I talked about, like I had moved from Manhattan to, to Sayville and I had to sell my couch like this. And it was disgusting old couch, <laughs> you know? And, and I always loved the story because it was also like the couch that we recorded a hundred episodes oh, of the show the on. Dopey couch. Yeah. Oh, and that I, just jacks the price of merch. But I'm it was like, like I shot a shitload of heroin on the couch. Oh, I masturbated <laughs> an infinite number of times that on couch that couch. Got history. Burned, stained everything. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, and I was like, dude, listen to the dopey couch episode. Mm. And then I was, he was like, well, where is it? And I was like, I'm not even sure. So I started looking for it and I found it. And I listened to it, and it was the same episode with the motorized toilet brush. No. Is it odd or is it Todd? <laughs> right? I don't know. Big T, little odd. I know. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, I want to hear that one. You do? It's not. And then I listened to it. It wasn't as good as I thought. Still. Um, but, it, but yeah, I'll, I'll send you Did a link. Did the couch go? Oh, dude, this beautiful, like the best looking couple I've ever seen in my life, straight off the boat from Ireland, bought the couch. No. And like the whole time, it's, listen to the episode. <laughs> but, but so like, basically the dude, I'm like, I'm just trying not to tell them about dopey about anything you know i don't want them to know everything but i can't help it because it seems so special to me that these special, people are going to own the dopey couch. couch and in the end i think i did tell them you had to have. yeah but like, i think i got 400 bucks for it not bad i know not bad I, I, you think you'd do better now you know that couch is well i that's interesting i like it's like what from dopey will actually be worth something in the future there's a fucking sign upstairs the neon sign? Yeah. You think that's going to be worth something in the future? Some weight. Well, we'll see. It's a nice one. Uh, I got an email. You want to hear an email? Let's hear it. All right, here we go. Hi, Dave. First off, I love your podcast. Truly amazing. Please don't use my last name on the podcast if you happen to read the email. Thank you. I heard your request for PCP stories. I have one that features Andy Dick. You know that Andy Dick is yes. an on again, off again show guy. Yeah. Okay. He's like one of the more polarizing guests. And he also just got arrested for uh, sexually assaulting somebody in California, which is like his fifth offense. Okay. I shout know. out to Andy Dick. I know. I know. All right. <laughs> Very nice. I have one that features Andy Dick. It happened about 24 years ago in Los Angeles, where I still live. I don't know if you can say his name or associate him with <laughs> the story, but this is all true. Here goes. My best friend and I were out at a restaurant called Pino Hollywood. We worked for talent agents at a talent and literary agency, and we represented several actors on the show, on the show's news radio and everyone loves Raymond. It was tape night, Friday night, and the actors on those two shows and their agents and managers would go out to Pino Hollywood after the shows finished taping every week. The restaurant was full of actors, producers, agents, managers, etc., and jam-packed with all sorts of people. We were sitting at a table drinking our Cosmopolitans, and suddenly Andy Dick, who was sitting right next to us, pulled out his weed pipe. 
He just lit it up in the middle of the restaurant inside like it was no biggie. Again, this was 24 years ago and weed <laughs> wasn't legal. We were on an outdoor patio and we weren't on an outdoor patio. We were inside the restaurant. Hell yeah. Anyway, Andy offers the pipe to me and said, this is funny to me. I didn't read this before. And said, this stuff is from Dennis Hopper's weed dealer, which both intrigued me and scared me a bit. Jokingly, <laughs> as I took a hit, I said, it's not laced with PCP, right? Ha ha ha. <laughs> Andy just giggled. I had been smoking pot very regularly since I was 13 and loved some good weed. My friend, who didn't smoke weed a lot, but has never found a drug she didn't like, took a hit too. We were living the Hollywood dream. Crazy 25-year-olds working in the entertainment industry having a blast on a Friday night. We both took three or four hits. It, it tasted a bit off. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately after the first hit, I felt different. More different than I've ever felt before. <laughs> Not good different. <laughs> Just different. About three minutes after the last hit, my friend... <laughs> Can you imagine Andy Dick just sitting there, right? Giggling. Yeah. After uh, about three minutes after the last hit, my friend and I looked at each other and conveyed, holy shit, what have we done what the fuck with our eyes? Meanwhile, Andy appeared totally normal. Well, as normal as Andy Dick can appear. I absolutely love Andy, by the way. I do too. I needed to get out of that restaurant ASAP, but I needed to puke more than I've ever needed to before. We ran to the bathroom and both puked for about 10 minutes nonstop, like violent, intense puking. Sorry that's so disgusting, but it's true. I was more fucked up than I've ever been, and I've done every drug on the planet except for PCP until that night. I felt like I had cement blocks on my feet, similar to how special K ketamine makes you feel, mm. but I also couldn't function or think or speak, and I couldn't move normally. Mm. People looked scary as fuck. We were so <laughs> fucked up, Dave. It was not pleasant or enjoyable in <laughs> any way. Than the we got into my friend's car. I don't know how she drove. Holy shit. And thought a trip to Burger King would help absorb the poisons in our system. We both ate a burger, drank a giant soda, then promptly had to pull over so we could puke our Throw brains up. out again. She eventually dropped me off at home and I crawled up the stairs and continued puking for a few more hours. Damn. Unfortunately, I had to go to the Lilith Fair concert the next morning after a night of PCP-induced illness and debauchery. It was hell on earth being at that concert. I'm not sure, I'm 100% sure, sure that weed was laced with angel dust slash PCP. I've never experienced anything like it and hope, and not, and hope not to again. It was wild. Thanks for all you do. Uh, toodles for Chris. Tracy. P.S. What the hell were we thinking getting high with Andy Dick in the middle of a restaurant in front not? of our bosses? We didn't even get in trouble, and no one mentioned this when we went back to work on Monday. That's the entertainment industry for you. True. How can you not get high with Andy Dick in the middle of a restaurant? You do know? you have any PCP stories? I do. I, <laughs> I, I do. All right, let's hear it. I only smoked it once as well. I didn't violently puke, but I definitely, definitely don't. I, this is, Where were you? I was in California as well. I was in Hollywood. Were you with Andy Dick? What? No. Was Andy Dick Martin sexually assaulting you during really it? Really not, not as glorious as yours. You, uh, Tracy, Tracy's in the middle of a restaurant. I was in the middle of the Momo. What's the Momo? Like the motel, hotel. Okay. Um, if you're in LA, you definitely know it. It's a shithole. It's what the is biggest it? shithole in, in in Hollywood. It's right at the end of the boulevard. The seven, purple one. Seven Star Hotel. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Shithole. Like, okay. Filled. 
with fucking degenerates. degenerates. Like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was blending right in. You weren't the only fentanyl J at that I was, momo. Uh, I was not. I, I was. I was a, a good. I was a good Christian compared to the others over there. I fucking. Yeah, I I smoked that shit, and is this dopey? Where I guess I fucking had an orgy. All right, here we go. <laughs> I had a fucking orgy. I was with this girl, Kate. Shout and, out to um, Kate. Shout, big <laughs> shout out to Kate. Um, with with this other dude from Jersey who was fucking a rager, literally a rager. Um, was it Mike the Situation from the Jersey Shore? <laughs> I wish, yeah. He turned into Mike the Situation after hitting this shit, bro. This shit, I never did it again either. Tracy, I feel your pain. I feel you. I fucking, it was a cigarette. They did the fucking cigarette. They dipped the, into the wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, first. The it was girl, the formaldehyde or was the straight PCP? I don't, I have no okay. fucking idea. Okay. Have you done it before? No. No? No. You know about it. Well, I've been very intrigued by <laughs> it. And, and and Chris had never done it either. So that was something we always talked about. Well, the same thing happened to this girl. She was tr- like kind of tricked into it. I was like, whatever. We were fucking running together. Like we were. We I were. need to know where the orgy comes from. So, so this kid from Jersey is with these two, these, these girls like lived at this hotel. Like this girl lived there and, and she sold. No, 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 no. Kate was with me. But this this guy and these two girls like lived at this hotel, like literally, you know, like their all their shit was in the. In it was the like hotel. residential business. Yeah, yeah, but like it was a shitty. They paid hotel. by the month. Or yeah, something. but it was a shitty hotel, and they sold a lot of drugs out of there. And um, at first, you know, we were this shit was getting weird. We were all getting high and shit. We were all doing fucked up shit. But um, this girl, he he, this kid, I don't even. Not even gonna say his name. You you wouldn't know him, but I, he was on my four step. Fuck that guy. Okay. Um, so he fucking passes around a fucking cigarette to the other girls, and she's like, "Why are you passing around a cigarette? Like it's fucking weird, you know?" And she had no idea, and she hits it, and she's like, a couple minutes later, "Yo, what the fuck was that?" And then he goes, "Oh, that was fucking, you know, that, you just smoked wet." That's what he said. You smoked wet. I was like, "Word, she smoked wet, <laughs> and I didn't get to smoke wet." You know, now I'm just fucking because you had seen Training Day. What Training Day? Yeah, classic. Yeah. So I fucking smoked it, and bro, oh, it's, uh, here's what it's like. It's like to me being drunk on a Xanax, injecting ketamine, the little sprinkle of acid. Wow, that's like that's a crazy combination. That's that's it's what, powerful. That's right? what that's what it was. Now I want. How did the orgy commence? Like, where did so, they come so, from? So. We were at the one girl's place, right? And then there's three girls in total, me and this kid, right? We're at this one girl's place downstairs. And out of nowhere, fucking Kate and the other girl go back to her her room to bake cookies. Weird. Weird. Just a weird. Was that really their plan? I, I have no idea. None. Is that like a euphemism for orging? Have I, you had? Have you been in a lot of orgies? I've been in a handful. I, I had a feeling. Does anyone ever <laughs> say baked cookies like I've, that? Never. Okay. Never. Okay. Never have I ever. Also, they went to, to bake cookies, and it was weird because like now we're just hanging out. I'm fucking zooted. I'm gone, and uh, we're doing various drugs, and I'm gone. Right, and before we know, we're like, yo, like, where the fuck, where are these girls? Like, they were supposed to bake bake cookies. So we go back there together. You and the Jersey guy me, and the, the guy Jersey in the fourth step? And the girl. No, the Jersey guy is a guy in the fourth okay. step. So me, him, and this other girl 
go back to where Kate and the other girl went to bake cookies. And we go back there and they're making out. Like, just making out, right? And we look at each other like, oh, shit. Like, is this... Is this happening? Is this going down, right, bro? Right. Is this going... And, dude, two out of three were pretty hot. You know, the one that stayed back with us... Not not so much. Casualty of war, you know? Just like, it's going down. Take one, take one for the team. Whatever. So, they're making out. And we're like, oh, shit. Like, we, we looked at each other like, oh, shit. Like, is this about... This is an opportunity. Is this, is this going to happen right now? It was. But it, it happened before we knew it. There's fucking this over going in there. It was fucking who's he, what's he, what's who's over there. I saw, I saw, I saw his dick multiple times, you know. Did it ever get near you? Close proximity. <laughs> close, How close did it get like, to you? Like, 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 oh, this is fucking embarrassing. All right. So fucking girls back to back. Like, like, say, like, pretend you're spooning, but you're flipped back to back, right? Instead of, like, hugging from the back, you're both on your back. I get right? you. We could have grazed balls because we're both having sex with girls that are back to back. We could have grazed balls. Is that anywhere in your mind? Nowhere. And, and when you saw it, did it flash in your head? <laughs> and I was like, this is weird. This is weird. And you're like, eyes off This there. just happened. This, yeah, this stay happened. Stay in the game. And I've never thought about that. <laughs> stay stay. Focused. In other orgies, <laughs> yeah. was there, were there dicks in proximity? So I've never had like raging orgies. I've had orgies with like only another guy and like two or more girls. Hold on, say that again. Like I got distracted. <laughs> thinking about balls. I was thinking. Yeah, I, was think, I, was th I was thinking about my one close, my my one experience close that was nothing. With it was nothing like yours. But tell me, tell so, me yours. So like, I've never had orgies with multiple dudes. Good. So so it's always one other dude, and like, as many women two as you or could more deal. chicks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've 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 had fucking. Six, six, that's, that's the limit. Six. Four women two and two dudes, guys. Four wow. Chicks. That's crazy. But that's probably at the height of your, your dealing. Yeah. The height all of the way up. Right. Yeah. yeah. We were fucking doing. doing Where was that? That was also, that was in the loft in Los Angeles. That was fucking, that was intense. That was intense. I was on many drugs. That was intense. How did that one happen? That was my homeboy. Shout out to Ryan. How Love did you, that bro. even happen? He set it up? What? How he, did that even happen? I, I was like throwing like a fucking drug dealer party at my house, kind of like with my homeboys, bunch of girls. So that's when I was selling like a lot of coke too, like getting a lot of coke. And that's like a big, you know, party. Orgy drug. Yeah, orgy drug for yes. sure. And um, we were just throwing a party. And before I knew it, there was just me and him and those four. That was, wasn't even a party. It seemed like a party looking back. But yeah, it was just me and him, and those four girls. And we were fucking partying. It wasn't like a party. Was that we the partying. idea? Was the plan? I don't know. Was they the were, plan, Ryan, we're going to get four girls here and we're going to orgy. I don't think so. I think he, he it might have been his plan. You know, it could have been. And they're like, plan. let's bake some cookies. <laughs> Before you know it, we're fucking dicks flying around. Jay, I need to applaud you and thank you. Oh, I mean, um, because I think that's the first dopey orgy story. Is it? I mean, Chris told a story about masturbating in front of a skinhead. That didn't go well. Sick. And I, I don't think I've told many, many stories like that. One time I was, I, I mean, my closest thing to an orgy story was I was, I wasn't even on drugs. I was, I was, I was like high, I was like high on weed and working for a TV company and 
East Lansing, Michigan, and somehow I hooked up with two women in a house, but I wasn't Sick. really, I wasn't attracted to either of them. And <laughs> it I was like, and I, I, up to a solid score. I think guy. I put them together. Two and fours I, is the name. No, but I don't think anything happened. I think oh. I put them together and I like passed out. Oh. Like I don't, my orgy <laughs> story is not an orgy story, but, um, it reminded me though, like one time I was with that girl, Kate and I fucking broke the tip off the pin and fucking shot meth in her butt. Hold on, what? Yeah, that reminded me of that. I don't know why. I was thinking of this girl, Kate. Have you ever, you've, because I was thinking about when we were doing coke and how you like blow it in someone's ass with a straw. Or I never did that either. <laughs> no? Hold on. So what, what, how would you blow coke in someone's ass? You get a straw, you dip it, like scoop it like a pixie stick. See, you've had real, I mean, like you're taking this thing to another level. This is why Karen calls you Phenomenal J. <laughs> she must have heard the, the blowing coke wow, in the asshole story. People know me on here too. Wow, I'm such a scumbag. It's all right. This is good. Hold Shout on. out to me for being Hold a scumbag. Hold on. Who, so you and Kate, Coke in the... So did, that was what were we were doing. Was Kate blowing Coke up your butthole too? No, no. Never happened? Who did you let blow Coke <laughs> up your butthole? No. Kate? So why'd you say no when it was... I lied. Yes. I lied. You just lied. I lied. I lied. Wow. So how is that compared? Wow, this is embarrassing. How is snorting Coke me. versus it, smoking Coke? Coke's not very different. How about meth in the butt? Meth in the butt's different. Lots of people talk about meth in the butt. Meth in the butt is different. Also, ew. Okay. Hold on. Is meth in the butt preferable to shooting meth? I don't like shooting meth. Okay. Keep going. But, but, um, I don't like smoking meth either. I don't like You meth, just like meth in the but butt. Just, <laughs> you don't take it in the butt. Bro, this is so embarrassing. Oh, shit. Okay. So, no. You, wait. First of all, first things first. My biggest... First things first. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful <laughs> to be sober. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> Bro. So, first things first. I am fucking... Like, my biggest turn off from a chick on this... I know this is not fair or whatever, and I don't care. But um, my biggest turn off is, like, thinking of, like, a really hot girl... Just taking like a massive nasty shit, right? See, that turns me on. I don't know. <laughs> Bro, so it's like I was with this chick for six years. She never shit once ever. We went on vacation for like weeks at a time. Did you tell her? You were like, listen, before we before we get together, I need you to have some ground rules. No. <laughs> but she never shit once. That's why I love her. But um this after I shot meth in this girl's butt, bro. It exploded with shit on your face? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Bro, after... And, and meth affects a lot of everyone differently. Like, so I feel like the people that love meth are like... Their bodies are pre-distinguished, whatever the It's fuck. a different brain chemistry and body exactly. chemistry. Exactly. So some people like fucking say they shoot it and ejaculate. Like, have you heard that? Sure. Yeah. Yes. I'm, that no, never I never had that Never experience. happened to me. No. I fucking get crazy. All right. So, I get crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I get uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Me as well. Yeah. Me as well. So fucking, this girl was just like a freak when she did math, right? So it was her idea. I've got pictures on my phone. I'll show you them later. Okay. fucked up, like. Serene's in the butt, fucking top. Yeah. No, you don't. I swear to God, I'm gonna find him right now. No, just keep going. I'm gonna keep going anyway. But bro, fucking. So this chick, after we fucking did the math, did the math in the butt, did it in mind. <laughs> she fucking, bro. She took the nastiest fucking shit, bro. In front of you? No, I walked in after, and it was rancid. I said. Our relationship's over. You have to go. I'm not kidding. I you said, broke up with I her? I said you have to leave. Like, wow. You, you that was leave. it? No, no. I, <laughs> we, we reconciled. That was the end of the relationship. That, that, but that, that, was, the, that was enough. Oh, wow. To fucking... 
Bro. Okay. I would love to hear how ladies in the Dopey Nation feel I know, about this, this story. This is very unfair. I, I'm a scumbag. Listen. Wow. Doe, hold on. Did you see that? So you, so you squirt it in there? So you take the needle off and you squirt the, the, the Coke and water solution meth. into her ass. Oh, the meth. Spicy. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is pretty spicy. That's a spicy picture. Tied. Wow. That's a serious <laughs> fucking picture right there. Serious I'm glad you held on to this. <laughs> And that was just three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it was this day, this Shut very day, three years ago. Holy cow. Wow. Is it odd or is it Todd? Wow. Wow. That Bananas. is fucking crazy. Bananas. Well, Fentanyl J, you've taken it to another level. That here. is fucking crazy. It really is. It's like the craziest. It's also like your life went to total hell. You orgied like a fucking rock star. Then you fucking bottomed out like a horrible fentanyl dealer. Yeah. And now you're like living the life, a person in recovery. I mean, and I'm not trying to be schmaltzy with my recovery, but lay it down for a second before we go into, we have, we have a really fiery guest, uh, Jed from church and other drugs who has been friends with the show forever. He dropped some fucking serious dopey. He did. But before we get to Jed, shout out to Jed. I just want you to make it clear. Like when you go over this, right? Mm -hmm. You're fucking getting PCP injected into your, I'm sorry, getting a meth in, injected into your ass, injecting this spicy young woman as well, tying her up, That's white a crazy lace. Picture. Yeah, it's serious business. <laughs> now, how does Hands your- Hands are tied to the feet. How does I'm your sorry. brain comprehend all of this sitting here with eight and a half months clean? I mean- Break it down. I mean, I've realized at times when I, because I take a lot of shit for granted, and I'm not very good at fucking- I'm not very good at being grateful, as as we as we know. I'm not very good at being grateful. I take a lot of shit for granted, but there are some. But do you think that is? Do you think that it's because you don't think you deserve grace? It's possible. It's it's pro it's probable because like, I I think subconsciously I I do feel like that, you know, because like I fucking you know we've done all done bad, you know, so it's like where are you know. Are you deserving of feeling? But there are some times when I look back, I'm like, you know what? I've came a long way. Absolutely. Like, Hold on. <laughs> Press the right one. Shout out to Fentanyl Jack. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you've come a long way. I've and a like, long way. I haven't fucking smoked fentanyl or, or sold or it. Sold it in, <laughs> in like a year almost, you know? About a year. Which is crazy because that's all I, I haven't sold drugs in a year. I haven't done drugs in a year. And I, that's all I've done. For 27 years. Uh, all right. Or whatever, 10. Whatever. Well, well, how does it make you 15. feel saying that? On, on on the greatest show on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit, saying that. Greatest show, period. All right. Just, you don't listen to anything, including <laughs> Dopey. But so now just say, say. Greatest what, host. How does period. it make, how does it make you feel? Um, it, a little accomplished. It may, you know, it does. <laughs> it does. It makes listen, me feel accomplished. I'm fucking proud of you. Thanks. That's it. That's all I have to say. Now, before Thanks. we get to uh, Jed, I was going to say fentanyl Jed. Before <laughs> we get to Jed from Church and Other Drugs, real quick, I need to say that this episode of Dopey is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. Do you ever feel burned out, Jay? Mm, beginning to. Not, 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 not quite yet. Not quite yet. Are you working too much? Maybe not taking enough time for yourself. Burning from both ends with work a little bit, but I fucking need to do something, you know? For if me, I, don't, I just yeah. have to say this. For me, uh, therapy has been a game changer. 
I, I had my friend Sam was producing Dopey for years. I talked to him every day for mm-hmm. hours a day. He quit in December. As soon as he quit, I was like, fuck, I need to get into therapy. And, uh, and therapy has been really, really helpful. BetterHelp.com offers online therapy. It is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera. They don't have to know about the fucking uh, math in the butt. Major key. And they don't have to see the picture. <laughs> Major key. Um, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dopey podcast. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dopey podcast. If you want in on this better help, that's the fucking discount. I need some better help. All right. Now, here's uh, Jed from Church and Other Drugs. And Jay, you're kicking the fire, and I'm proud of you. You're doing good. Thanks, Dave. You should feel good. Baby Jones. All right. Here we go. We do a new thing called Behind the Dope, but this is really like welcome back, Jed, to Dopey. Jed is a, a, an important figure in the pantheon of Dopey history. Jed was a Dopey listener who had the idea for Dopey before we did, sent in an angry email saying how he had the idea before Chris and I told a crazy story about robbing people at a hotel, then started his own podcast called Church and Other Drugs. Welcome back to the show, Jed. Hey, how's it going, Dave? Dude, check this out. You ready? You can't see it easy, but check this out. On the wall. Hey! Jed painted this for our 100th episode. Jed is a very prodigious musician and artist and this is if you're not watching this it is a picture of dopey the dwarf snorting up a hundred of i assume it was cocaine cocaine Um, this was this was before fentanyl before fentanyl and before chris died you painted that yeah a lot of history and i so this is and this is now my second anger thing because at least for the longest time i was like well my audio at least sounds better. At least I got that going for you. And then now, like I said, I log into this and you've got this crazy pro rig now. So you're just fully, you're just fully ahead of the game. I'm, I'm, I'm vested and invested, but also incredibly grateful and happy to have you on because I love you and you know, you've been a part of this thing. I mean, like I also always reflect on the first time we recorded together uh, which was many years ago, and Chris got a fancy hotel room, and we did mm-hmm. a Church and Other Drugs episode and a Dopey episode at the same time, which was probably not a strategic thing to do, right? No, no, because it's like you're just going to listen to one or the other. <laughs> we should have done two episodes, you know, so yes. we each had an exclusive, but we couldn't think about it, right? And I lost my audio because I went back and re-listened to it, and my audio didn't work so i had to end up getting you to send ours so on my episode my audio was the shittier one but what are you gonna do yeah that was like five five was it five years ago like five and a half years ago god yeah it's it it is this is like as much as i gripe 
about the internet ruining our lives and everything. This is the podcasting, like it's it's extremely surreal that our relationship is what it is, right? It's a very bizarre thing that happened, you know, because it's like we're we're legitimately like friends and totally. know intimate things about each other's lives. It's just a it's a crazy crazy thing. Well, it's cool. It's like for all the disconnect from screen culture, there's also an ability to have an actual connect. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone talks about like being disconnect. Like my daughter, like fucking like this morning, there's someone's planning a surprise party for her 12 year old friend. And that she's in this group text with 50, 12 year olds. And she can't like look up from her phone and nothing's happening. And like, I, I feel her like going away because of the phone and, and this, but but at the same time, things like, I mean, when Chris died, you and I talked for like days, you know, and we've always yeah. kind of been around each other um, over the years. And um, and it's because of technology. So I agree with you. It's, it's weird. Yeah. And uh, why don't you break down, uh, you know, you're a prodigious drug addict. And uh, anybody that is unfamiliar with your drug history, why don't you give them a, a little Reader's Digest? Reader's Digest. So I came up in the pre or not the pre-internet, but uh, back when Arrowwood.com, Arrowwood.org was a huge thing and like the Hive and Lyceum. Um, I say that because like when so I grew up in a, a pretty strict Christian household. So I got busted smoking weed when I was 12 and they started drug testing me. So I hopped on Arrowhead and found things that wouldn't show up in a drug test, and that's when I ran into like uh, Coracid and Cough and Cold and Benadryl and Nutmeg and all that crazy shit. So I, you know, I I feel like there could have been two different versions of my drug use. One where like I smoked weed and drank like normal people, normal people, and it maybe would have lasted longer. But my version, I started, you know. 10th grade in high school I'm I'm blasted on DXM like every day at school and just getting way way more messed up than other people my age and so like did cocaine when I was on my 15th birthday by the time I was 17 it had gotten bad enough that they were my parents were sending me to an inpatient rehab so Hold on though, to I be blasted, a, to be blasted on DXM, how much DXM do you have to consume? What does that look like? And what I've, I've never I really would, been blasted on DXM. Can can you paint us so, a picture? For sure. So DXM, PCP, and ketamine, those are all sister chemicals, right? They're dissociative anesthetics. So that you measure um, the level by plateaus there's first second third and fourth plateau fourth is like you are one with the universe you are no longer connected to your body third is like you can still kind of figure out who you are but you're gone so i guess it's like oh i don't know the milligrams but you're you know you're taking two packs of coracetin there's 16 pills in each pack so you're taking um What's 16 times 2? I'm in college algebra, I don't know 32. that. 32. That's the I'm magic waiter, number. You're taking... Yes. <laughs> there you go. You're taking 32 Coruscant pills um, in a in a trip. So that that's where you get blasted. And I'm talking... Where do you get Coruscant pills? We stole them... From, all right. So 
our group stole so many coroceding pills from our local Walmart, Walgreens, and CVS that because of us, they started putting security tags inside of them. So the generation under us started getting busted for stealing them. I never even heard of coroceding pills for some reason. I feel like I don't even know that, like... I feel like triple C's man, triple C's. That was the name for them. It was, it was just because, you know, you could get DX. Now you can just order straight DXM, pure DXM off of Amazon. Cause I guess they figured it out, but you know, it's in like Robitussin, but then you're dealing with a whole bunch of other shit that makes you really sick when you eat or drink tons of it. Coruscant had the least amount of other stuff and the highest amount of, dextromethorphan in it so when you're taking 32 coroceding pills and you're going to school health and your kid how fucked up are you so fucked up that my 10th grade um geometry teacher actually wrote me a letter saying like when you started this year, you were so bright, kind, and generous. And by the end of the year, you were a different person. I just don't know. She didn't know what I was on drugs, but she was just, she thought like I was getting beaten at home or something. Right. Like, there was, was something like, happening. <laughs> something yes, bad was happening. You can't, like, you can't talk really. You can't talk correctly. Uh, you do the robo walk, as they call it, because you start, you can't really feel your extremities very well so you kind of walk in a very like peculiar way your vision's cloudy your whole skin is numb and then as far as like your mind and processing things it's it's not it's not going very well i but so i was i knew i was this is where like signs i knew that i used differently than other people because my thing is I would get on DXM and I, we would watch Requiem for a Dream over and over and over and over. Like that was our trip movie to watch. And like, that's not a pleasant, this isn't, you know, Wizard of Oz and right. dark. No, it's not a good time, but I thought it was. And I'd listen to Radiohead and it was just dark, dark times. So it, things got so bad, um, got into like ecstasy really hard back then. Well, one of my favorite um, things is when Jet when Jet and I talk, he talks about can I can I talk about your book for a second? Your plan for a yeah, book? Yeah, for sure. Oh so yeah, Jet, yeah, yeah, for sure. Jed has this plan for a book where every chapter of the book is 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 his experience with the substance. And now you're kind of laying out a lot of the history. So like how did when did you get into ecstasy? That would have been 16, 16, wow. 17. And you come from yeah. like a pretty like upright middle, middle class, class yeah. Christian home. Yeah. What yep. were your parents yep. doing when you're all fucking uh, CC, you know, DXM'd out and fucking on it, ecstasy? It was, and how about just watching uh, Requiem for a Dream? Did your mom ever walk in and be like, "What the fuck is going on?" So a few. So I would do it all at night. So I had a I had a sister that was three years older than me, and. She was going through her rebellious stage. I was already labeled as like the good kid, so they weren't worried about me, right? So I was just really sneaky. And I was still like I was a youth group kid at my church and I was just going to God, I remember one time I was 
I had taken a bunch of core seeding. We had drank some beer, smoked some weed, and I go into youth group church and I open the door. 60 people in there just yell out surprise. And my mom had organized a surprise birthday party for me at church. Oh my God. And I just get, oh, bro, I just get ambushed while I am fucked up, dude. It was, um, uh, and then another time I remember I came home. Um, I mean, I would just do it all at night, right? My parents were asleep. They started getting hip to it eventually, and I was uh, on a bunch of ecstasy. I came home. Back then, we had one computer that was in the kitchen, um, you know, the family computer. And so it's, you know, one in the morning. I'm All the lights in the house are off. I'm on the computer, uh, headphones on, listening to music or something. And I, I look over, and I see my mom there. And I was like, oh, like, how long has she been standing there? And I take my headphones off because she's talking to me. And she's like, what are you chewing on? And I was like, what? And I realized that I was just, you know, gnashing my teeth, grinding. And she had probably just been standing there like, what is going on with Jed's mouth? What is my poor son on? And then I also, so the reason I started going to treatment about my parents finding out was I, I had my first overdose when I was 15 on Benadryl, which diphenhydramine is like, is the only hallucinogen I've ever done. Well, it's a deliriant um, where I've seen things like as clear as I'm seeing you that were not there, like talking to people that aren't there, seeing things on that Benadryl? aren't there. On Benadryl? On Benadryl. How much Benadryl? I took, I ended up taking uh, like 43 of them. Right. Because, so what happened was I had a friend spend the night. He told me <laughs> this, <laughs> he told me that he woke up in, we had bunk beds. He woke up in the middle of the night. I'm, he's on the top bunk. I'm standing over like head to head with him, jingling my keys just looking at him and he wakes up and goes jed what time is it and he said i grabbed the clock pulled it unplugged it from the wall looked at it and said 392 and then i went to the living <laughs> What's room What's 392 i don't know that's just this is the story that was told to me and i love that 392 <laughs> and i go to the living room couch and i uh i'm i'm, I'm sitting on the couch with my backpack on boxers socks and shoes nothing else rocking back and forth and my dad comes into the room and says what are you doing and i say i'm getting ready for school and he goes do you know he's like where's your friend i was like oh he went home and he's like then why is his car still here and he goes do you know what day it is and it was sunday morning and they were getting ready for church yes dude so they took me straight to the hospital and he said what did you take and i he told me I looked at him and had a bottle of Benadryl and I just shook it and it was empty. And he was like, oh my God. So he took me to the hospital and that's how I started going into, uh, I went to an outpatient for adolescence when I was 15. When was the first time he caught you high in the first place? He, so I had gone to the beach. Um, I I can't uh, believe we've never talked about this on the show before, by the way. I know. Yeah, I guess you never really have heard all this. And this is the the crazier shit. Um, So I had started... The first thing I did was smoking cigarettes with a preacher's kid. 
Um, and I had him on my second episode because he started all of this. Really, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the origin. Uh, so I had I had these little cowboy boots um, from when I was a child, and I kept them in my closet. And my dad always said it was it was painfully ironic because it like represented my innocence or whatever. But that was my stash spot, so I kept my cigarettes. And I had some weed in there. And one weekend, I went to the beach. And I guess my parents had started getting suspicious because while I was gone, they searched my room and they found it. There you go. And they so figured it by out. the time you ate forty-three Benadryls, your dad was like, as soon as your dad, you know, an upright middle class, and he he had military background, right? Yep, Air Force. Right, Air Force. So so as soon as your dad, who's this, you know, the opposite sees weed i guess 43 benadryl it's like you fucking kid but i'll tell you something and this is fucked up jed and and then i i i just need to say this i've been taking benadryl like a lot like i've been taking benadryl like for months or something uh and i take like a pill i take half a pill at night to go to bed i often i'm sneezing and i take it i take it to to sleep deeply I and I know yep. that I take it because I love the dreams on Benadryl. Yep. And um last night I didn't take it and I kind of woke up in the middle of the night and I was like scared. You know what I mean? Like that I was addicted to Benadryl. But then I went back to bed and I and I and I wasn't addicted to Benadryl and I tell my sponsor about it, but even just hearing Benadryl fucking hallucinations, but then it's 43 Benadryls, but still somebody also wrote me an email about Benadryl. And like, that is a, that I, I, I shouldn't be sober. I shouldn't say I'm sober because I'm taking Benadryl. Oh, that's crazy. And well, dude, I still take, I'm well, it, all right. It's not crazy. Yes, 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 yes. But remember there's like a difference between dependent and addicted. And in your case, you're talking about like, a physical dependence on sleep, right? Because I, I still, I recently got off of my nighttime antidepressant medication, and since then, I pretty much have to take like a Unisom or something to sleep. And I, right. I do wish I didn't have to, but like the alternative is so awful. Like I, because my, as soon as I hit the pillow, the mind is going a thousand miles an hour, and it, so it's like whatever it's a it's the less like do i wish it was different yes is it the lesser of a thousand evils right now sure but i think you're I aware think of it i think that's the, the the important thing no i i agree but i also like i don't know like i've been waking up really early and and with benadryl and i wake up early i feel like shit this morning i woke up really early and i felt pretty good so like i think mm. i want to but i really i mean i think that the the issue is that i like the dreams like I like that's I probably really like, that's an issue. Like that's something. In that care. case, there's like different things you can do for that. Just like eat a huge carbo load before you go to bed. You'll have crazy dreams. Melatonin really? gives you crazy dreams. Oh yeah. You'll just get you'll just get crazy fat. Melatonin. I feel like uh, I feel like I wake up after I take melatonin and I feel like shit too. But let's get back to the story. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah, wanna, yeah. I don't want to divert. It's my own my own fault. I just wanted to. <clears throat> I feel like. When like I do this show, right, and I talk about recovery or whatever, and I'm and I'm taking Benadryl, and people are writing me like you're not sober, and you tell a story about getting busted on forty three Benadryl, I have to disclose that I've been taking it. Yeah. And I'm taking it, whatever, whatever. Um, you know what I mean. I, you know exactly. Oh what yeah. I mean. 
So have fucking you, real quick on that. Have you ever heard of a uh, Jimson weed or Angel Trumpets or Detura? Have you ever heard of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I those never took are them, in the but same I've heard of them. Right. Those are the, those are in the same family of of diphenhydramine. They're they're classified as deliriant. Same as like scopolamine. You ever heard that? The Devil's Breath, where they like you blow it into someone's face and they become your mind control zombie. You ever seen that? No, tell me about that. <clears throat> that it's overblown. Uh, it's a lot of people think it's kind of, but like it was in that movie, The Green Inferno, uh, which was a remake of Cannibal Holocaust. But uh, in like third world countries, it's like this voodoo witchcraft thing where like you you take this plant matter, scopolamine. And you grind it up into a powder and you blow it into someone's face and they become your zombie, essentially. And but what, what, they also but what's you, the reality? What's the reality behind scopolamine? It's just a potent uh deliriant. And they it's also marketed as um um it's for as what is it? The travel sickness medicine um Dramamine. Uh, oh, Not Dramamine. It's an it's another one. Dramamine is that's another we would also take that to get fucked up, but there's another motion sickness medicine that has scopolamine in it that everyone takes. It's funny how people. But take the actual these, like, voodoo, the voodoo mind control is, is far fetched, right? You, I can't blow some I, as scopolamine far as I at Howie, no, and all of a sudden he's no, competent, right? Probably not, but who knows? Maybe there's, you know, who knows? I don't want to find out, but yeah, we can get back to it. That's see, this is this is also why. This is why Chris was my kindred spirit because yeah. just I just spent hours researching and researching and finding out about drugs and reading trip reports and like Chris was my my kindred spirit in in that regard. Yeah, he was fucking so, gifted with that shit, right? He like yep. and, and and I and I always was doing this trying to backpedal and remember and and be like explain this and explain that and he he was uh incredibly invested in it as, as, as are you. Um, so you get sent away after 40 or you get sent to outpatient and then what, what happens? I like uh, this behind outpatient. Jed behind the dope Jed. This is the back the real deal. There we go. So outpatient was a joke. Um, it was just Louisiana. Me, which is, no, this is in South Carolina. Okay. This is in South Carolina. Um, it was just me and all my friends essentially that we were getting screwed up together in the first place. So it was just kind of a big joke. Um, I started going to NA meetings then, which honestly, like it can be so dangerous to send someone into that kind of world. It's like, you know, the old thing you go in with a, a associate's degree in weed and you come out with a master's degree in, Heroin. you know, chopping dope. Yeah. Right, right. Or or it's just like, it's like sending, it's like untreated addiction plus your kids. Like, it's like sex. It's like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Zero recovery. It's like the zero opposite recovery. of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds and exciting. My, it, yeah, it was fun. And... Yeah. Yeah, and, and like as a high schooler, it kind of gives you like this bad boy, like oh well, like you know, it's like baby jail kind of, right? Um, and oh god, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my first introduction to N.A. was a joke because, like, my sponsor ended up asking me to find him weed. So I was just like, okay, so this whole thing is no one's really sober. It's all a joke. It's all bullshit, right? So things just got bad again um, and got bad enough that I had to go to inpatient treatment. So I was on a, How did that a waiting happen, list. What were, you, what were you doing to get to that they decided uh, you had to go to inpatient? I, I ran away for three days, and that was that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Just because I what was tired of like having. What did you do when you having... ran away? Where'd you go? Who'd I you just go took, with? I just took a bunch. I went to um, this kid Anthony's house and just did a bunch of ecstasy because I was tired of, I was tired of having to like sneak out and like hide my drug use, and I was just like, fuck this. I'm just gonna. I just. I'm just gonna go get high without worrying about like my parents finding out. But I, all I did was just not answer my phone, and so and none of my friends knew where I was. So in retrospect, my poor parents just thought I was fucking dead. Like, I should have just uh-huh. answered and said, hey, I'm just getting high. So when I got home, the cops were there, and it was a whole big thing. And they are like, you need to go somewhere. And I was like, okay. Oh, and, like, I was... Um, cocaine was the first thing that I did that I got truly addicted to, and I started selling and stealing things. I mainly I just stole things out of my own home and sold How them. How old like were you st- when you were doing that? Fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, you were fucking hard, hardcore, super early, like ridiculously oh, hardcore, yeah. super. How much coke were you selling at fifteen, sixteen? No, selling items to get coke. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like selling to support my habit. Were you shooting it then, or no? No, 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 no. Um, well, I say no, 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 but it was. It would be a year later, but um, right. No, no, no. I would never no. until I was <laughs> seventeen. But that was also. Um, I did. I I started making counterfeit money to support my habit when I was sixteen, and that was back before when they had the old twenty dollar bills. Some of y'all might not remember that, but they were just. It was. I just. We got an inkjet printer, and I figured out I could just make them on my printer, and they actually looked really good. And then I would like put my fake ones in a dryer with a bunch of real ones and some coins and just run them in the dryer, and they'd feel real. And I worked at a pizza restaurant, and so I was working the cashier. So I would every now and then I would slip a fake one in and take out two real tins. Um, but I got super sloppy. And they started getting just faker and faker. And one day my manager found one and he goes, wait a minute. And he goes into the safe and I just see him start to pull out all my fake 20s. And Ugh. that's when I found out if there's fake money involved, they call the Secret Service. And the Secret Service showed up at my job during the shift that I was working. So I was terrified. And my, my dad later told me I didn't get caught. There's no way they could prove it was me. Did they know it um, was you? No. No, no, no. Okay. That's crazy. But my just- my dad, my dad, when I got honest, like during family day or something, my dad told me he was like, you know, I found um, a bunch of like uh, my trial and error money. I just threw it in our trash can. He's like, I found that stuff in the trash, but I thought there's no way he is that stupid. I thought you were just playing, and I was like, yeah, it turns out I'm I'm that dumb, Dad. That's what I was doing. And but no one ever caught you with the counterfeit. No. They didn't catch no. you at work. Nobody caught Mm-mm. you. Did you use it to buy drugs or did you use all of the counterfeit money at work? 
at work. It was like in total, it was only a couple hundred bucks. That could like have been it was a very cra- if you had if they hadn't come. Oh in, yeah, that could bro. have been like a scam that ruined your whole life. You know, a hundred percent. Like that's a crazy one because they go crazy for that shit. When when the oh, Secret dude, Service yeah. came in, were you just like, I'm not doing this? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That I was like, that's the end of that. And I was standing by the back door. I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna make a run for it if they call my name in there. You became such a fucking so, drug addict. I would always have it in my back pocket. If I ever made money that passed as money, like I remember when I was in L.A., like like my friend Todd wound up with a couple fifties like that were fake. Like he was working on a movie set and he got a couple of fake fifties. And I was like, dude, those look kind of real. And I was like, give them to me. And we went down and we copped dope with them in downtown Los Angeles. But if I had a way of making them, I would have fucking been making them. (laughs) I'm surprised you never went back to the well on that one. Well, so the, the, the last thing I did before I got sober was my buddy called me and he said, Hey, I just got two grand in fake hundreds. And I looked at them and they looked great. And I was like, Oh, I know what I'm doing. So the last night in town, I went to every one of my dope dealers and ripped them off with fake money and then just skipped town, went to rehab. That was the last thing I did. Was did just, it ever come back on you? Oh yeah, but I was but like uh, it came back on one part. Like actually, pretty much three of them sent me the like I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna kill you text, and I was like, okay, sure you are. Like no, you're not. And one of them got arrested like a week later. So no, it never came back on me. Okay, so Fuck you're them, in, dude. You're all right. Good for I would be. I'd be still scared. <laughs> I'd be like no, looking out dude. the windows now. Fucking twenty five years later. Him. Um. So. uh what was I so say? yes, so so I had this I had this list because back then I was just super enamored and obsessed with the idea of like the romantic drug addict. I loved like uh, Burroughs and Bukowski and sure. uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So I had this sure. journal. I had a list of all the drugs I had tried and want you know heroin I had never tried and I, so I'm on this waiting list to go to treatment. And it was four months long, and I was like, well, I'm already going to treatment. Let me try to get, do every drug that I can before I have to quit forever. This is what I was thinking. Um, And I'd never tried heroin, and I found someone that could get me heroin. I was just planning on snorting it, though. And I went to their house. This is when I was 17. I went to their house. Uh, They got the heroin. They came back. And they're like, you're going to snort it? And I was like, yeah. They're like, dude, just shoot it. And I was like, really? You think so? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, I can't do it. And I was terrified of needles, like terrified. Sure. And they're like, we'll do it for you. And I was like, okay. So I just like turned my head and reached my arm out and have at it. Yeah. How crazy. Like that was my line in the sand. And all it took for him was basically to be like, come on. And I was yeah. like, okay. It's like, you, you shouldn't snort it. And you're like, okay. Sh- sh- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So by the time well, I hold on, though. went. When, you're, when that happens and you're 17 and you're like a Burroughs fan, in the back of your head, are you like, as soon as he says it, it's like, well, I can be like my hero. I can yes. be like the real thing. I can skip this bullshit and I'll actually be hardcore or whatever. Yes. So, to, the, to the point to the point where I 
this it's so cringy to admit but i would like proud like i was hoping pe- people at school would notice my track marks so that they would be like hey what are those and i'd be like right. nothing don't worry right. about it don't you know worry like how f- how fucking insane is that though but that's really what this that's really what screwed me was because for the longest time i thought that i made myself a drug addict like i thought i was playing because um and really it turned out like i was a a, like diagnosed borderline personality disorder teenager um just looking for attention and i thought that was the way to get it so in my it was like so i would I relished when th- I, I guess it was like kind of the the plight of the suburban white kid who never had anything wrong in his life. So I like created my own pain. Well, so now did, I had it did a, a reason. number of things, though. It did a number of things. It created yeah. this this interesting personality, but that also like diminishes like how good it feels to get high, or it also diminishes like yes. how much you loved music and art that were around this same topic. So yeah, you're like, you have your problem, but your problem also came with medication and it came with uh, dopamine and it came with hallucinating and it came with feeling like, I mean, I always felt like when I started using that I needed to burn off my privilege. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. and And it's cringy in the same way. Like I just felt like I had it, Like I needed to experience something else like because I didn't think I was enough. You know what I mean? Like deep down, I didn't think I I had enough going on that I needed. uh, And I, and I was medicating too. You know, it was, it was, it was more than one thing, but it becomes like after you go through the whole thing, you feel pretty sad. And then, I mean, then, and then you can also feel shame there. There's so many opportunities to find shame (laughs) You know what I mean? It's oh like, yeah, it's like well, and it, it, it and it, it was all a and I it was all a perfect storm, right? Because also it's like when I was eleven, I got diagnosed with Tourette syndrome because I used to I used to blink my eyes and I would I would scrunch my nose like ticks, ticks, really, really, really bad ticks, and I got made fun of it, and it was a whole fucking thing. And drugs were really the first thing that like calmed it down. Yeah. Um, and I had depression. I was I, I'd been suicidal since like my since is like since ten or eleven. That's just like how my depression manifests itself is is suicidal ideation. So like I legitimately had depression, and then I'm putting myself through these crazy highs and lows. Um, I had a lot of uh, like sexual shame due to like my religious upbringing, and drugs were the only thing that. Uh, kept that in check so it was just it was like a super it was a very perfect storm for me yeah. to just become an absolute drug addict yeah it was a winter so mix. I, oh god and so they also introduced me to shooting up cocaine uh which was you know we all that's that's a monster right there um, so by the time I got to that treatment center, I really needed to go there. Um, the first one, though, was a, a, a fundamentalist Christian faith-based treatment center in the mountains where, like, they did an exorcism on me and, like, really? all sorts of... Yeah. So how yeah. scary is that? So the way they did it 
it was called Deliverance Class, and what they wow. did was they put they put twenty of you in a classroom. There was three priests walking around, and they give you this CD player um, or a tape player um, with a recording of the grandfather of the guy that opened the place, and it was a recording of him screaming at you in tongues. So just wow. just gibberish screaming at you. And what does that sound like? We, uh, like like just wow. But wow. like screaming and aggressive. And when you feel something, was that scary or was that like these guys are full of shit? Or was it powerful? Uh, like how did you how did you interpret it I at went, that age? I went into it thinking it was legit and like looking forward to it. And like, I guess cause I was really, you know, it, I was looking for any, anyone that said, this is why you're doing what you're doing. I was like, Oh, that'd be great because that means there's a solution. Also though, because you were taken with science fiction, you were taken with metal, fantasy, you were taken with paranoia, fantasy, a demon inside of you was probably a really exciting prospect. Sure. Yeah. And Keep so, going. You, so what, then what happens? Uh, so when you feel something, and ironically, when you're like, so what are the signs? Uh, it can be yawning, <laughs> sneezing, right. Right. anxiety. Uh, there's a, a very long list of signs. So I thought I felt something, so I raised my hand. They all swarm on you. You take the headphones off. They all lay their hands on you. They ask the demon its name first and then once it's named then they try to call it out of you how do they and know its so name how do they find out its you, name you they you're like you're scream like at, they scream Steve. at you <laughs> no you, it was like a it was um no the, <laughs> it was more like uh demon of lust demon of cigarettes demon of heroin something like that right and I will say the only thing that I noticed was when the guy touched me, his hand felt red hot. And like, I like did not want him to touch me. Like it was super uncomfortable. As Do you think he was wearing like the electric, me. the electric glove? Uh, who knows, bro? Who knows? Wow. wow. And He's like, you know, Sir did he come up with any, any like, like, like Beelzebub? Yeah, yeah, Beelzebub, Beetlejuice, begun. So, My God. So, like, you know, I go through it, and then when you're done, you go outside, and we're sitting in the smoke area, and I ask another guy, I was like, so, so I saw you raise your hand. you feel something? He was like, fuck no. I just wanted to go smoke a cigarette. And I was like, okay. Wow. So... So I get out of there, um, and, and of course, just immediately go back to it. And, and this is when really like the addiction started because now I'm shooting coke and heroin and I end up just well, running away up, from though. home. I, I have a question. Like when you okay. go into this treatment, like do you, does any part of you think, the way they deal with this is, is at all helpful or is there anything that they're doing that they're doing right? And like the exorcism, like what's your takeaway from this, you know, with, oh, I thought I was cured. I thought I was cured. I was in a, I was in 
Because for all, uh, for all, whatever they did there, I will say I felt incredibly close to God. And it was a place full of decades-long hardened ex-cons. And I saw those men, like, shatter like glass and break down in tears. And, I mean, I stayed there for three months, and I, I literally thought I was good to go. Um which was kind of the problem because they didn't, uh, they didn't, AA or anything was not in your aftercare plan. It was basically just go to church and like you're good to go. Uh, they just kind of taught that like you can be healed from it once and for all. And so I thought that for sure. And uh, I remember I got home and I was doing day school because I had gotten because I'd missed too much classes, and I was just hanging around my house one day. I went in the refrigerator. I saw there was some whipped cream, and I sucked the nitrous out of it. And as soon as I did that, it was just like, oh, no, I've, you know, sinned again. Yeah, it's over. Here comes the guilt. Here comes the shame, and that was it. it what was so, the thing you did after you took the hit off the whipped cream? Ecstasy. Just, and you were like, ecstasy. you like call your friend, I just hit the whipped cream. Do you no, have ecstasy? no. No, I called my friend and I said my sister wants some ecstasy because my friends knew I just came back from treatment, so I had to play that game for a second. And I do you just think it was it the same? Me. Was it the same day you hit the whipped cream, or was it like a few? No, it was like a week okay. later. It was okay, like a week okay. later. Yeah, it wasn't the same day. Um, and, and then, then shortly doing, after that, to, right? What what was and yeah. was and what were you doing for ecstasy? Coke, heroin was just like that. Uh, it, no, then it, then it was almost exclusively cocaine and heroin. And then I really got into shooting cocaine. Um, and then I, I, one night because my dude didn't answer, I taught myself how to shoot up just by trial and error with cocaine. And like, dude, my arms looked like slushy balloons, just full of misses. That's also when I remember I ended up, uh, so like when, uh, when you open a new deodorant, you know how it's really sharp? Yeah. So, like, I had wicked it against a trash can, and so it created all these shavings, and so I'm carpet crawling one night, and I find oh, no. this pile of white, and I was like, no way. And I put it to my tongue, and I lick it, and it's bitter, and I'm like, oh, my God. And then I put it in a spoon, and it breaks down in water, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I hit it, and I'm like, Ugh! So you shot oh, up deodorant. That, wow. I shot up deodorant. Yeah. Wow. That's a fucking. And what? And did you t you taste the the wintry? You tasted like, the yeah. zinc. Yeah. The, it the, was the, off. Oh. But your breath probably smelled really fresh. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Just so shooting like, up pure aluminum. How bad did it go from there? Oh, it, it just got... I found out that I had gotten hepatitis C from the first needle I used. Um. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm planning on dying by 23 anyway. I just gave up. I found an older girl who had a place down in Charleston. I, I ran away from home and I moved in with her for the summer and it was just shooting heroin and cocaine and just it just got super awful. And my parents had found this treatment center in Louisiana and they were trying to uh, ambush me. Like they kept trying to tell me we're going on family vacation and uh, I was like, no, no, we're not. I know this. I know this trick. Um, 
And one day, though, one night, actually, for, for I guess it's that moment of clarity they talk about, but uh, I, I was just so miserable, and I just called my mom, and I was like, come get me. Um, and so then I just hopped on a plane. This is when I was 17 um, still, and I, I hopped on a plane, and uh, that's when I left home, and I never went back except for a few short months um, but that's when I moved to Louisiana to go to treatment and it was a, a year long treatment center. Wow. Uh, the best treatment center I've ever been to in my life because that was in 2005 and four of the people I was in there with are my best friends to this day, which is insane to think Very about. Rare. I mean, they're, they're my, he was my best man and that's dirty Mike. If people have listened to church and other drugs, um, he was a regular on there. He was my best man at my wedding. Um, one of he stayed sober the whole time. The rest of us have just gone in and out, and we pull each other back into sobriety. We pulled each other out of sobriety. It's just a, a crazy relationship. But then, I mean, that was really just the beginning of. I mean, I went to nineteen treatment centers in total from the time I was fifteen until I was twenty seven. Right. And I mean, things just got things just. How know, was it? You were know? you like, what was the longest you were on heroin for? Was there like a long stretch and how did you support it? Uh, two, so two years. So finally, I guess when I was like 22, so I beat uh, cocaine was an addiction. I beat years before I got sober like I finally decided like if even if I want to keep using I cannot do I cannot do cocaine anymore Why? because it just because it, I ruin every I cannot like once I start shooting coke and crack it's it's over dude like I just ruin my life like I ugh, dude how I so? ended up being like I ended up being like a live-in servant for this woman coke dealer. Um, I, I like I was basically like her her slave, like her pet. Like I would like go grocery shop. It was just a the weirdest situations I found myself in. I would steal Hold on, from I wanna everyone. Hear, I want to hear. I want to hear about that situation. Who's <clears throat> the woman? Where do you live? What are you doing for? Or is there sex involved? Tell what what's the there. Deal? I I think I no there was no sex involved because she was she was 25 years older than me she was just this cocaine dealer and I would basically just like live in her house she had this puppy that would shit all over the floor I cleaned up from the puppy and then every now and then her, her big giant boyfriend drug dealer would come over and she would shove me in the closet and told tell me to be quiet because I guess if he found me there, he would kill me because I guess the implication would be that I'm having sex with her, even though we weren't. Um, I would do her laundry, run her errands, uh, take care of her. Like if she, cause she was an alcoholic. Um, How much Coke would was, she give you? Was it unlimited like, Coke or, or it was like a decent, basically, like, basically. Yeah. You got to use and, with her. If you were, if you did the domestic stuff, you got to use with her. Yeah, and it, it actually, it actually was super sad because she had an estranged son my age, and so it was really just this fucked up like, 
surrogacy thing because yeah. I remember I remember I had gotten out of there and one night I was just out of everything. This is when also God, there's there's so much insanity. Like I went on a I went on a run where I did a bunch of acid while I was shooting coke, so all my cocaine delusions were real. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know I'm having to go to treatment soon, but I just called her crying, and I'm like, I just need one more before I, please, I just need a gram before I go, and she meets up with me, and then she, like, breaks down crying, because she's like, your mom must be so worried, and like, here you go, like, don't die, it's just, it's like, really bizarre I don't know, I think, I, I, I feel like things like that, like, are some of the the most interesting things around addiction that people don't talk a lot about these weird relationships with fellow users or dealers or like I used to get high with this, uh, this couple old couple, uh, in, in like, uh, I guess it was in Soho and they were like in their sixties and I would hang out with them every day. And, uh, and we would, and like, they wouldn't give me dope, but we'd all cop together every morning. And uh, the craziest thing with that was like, it's similar in this, that they had a son who was a couple years older than me, but it turned out I knew him and he went to my oh, high wow. school. It was insane. It was wow. fucking insane. It was insane. But I feel like this is a topic that doesn't get talked about a lot. Like how many people, I mean, like yeah. everybody has like a crew of, uh, of people they used with that they never would have known, but something like that, where it's like, you're and a live in, were you living there? Where'd yeah. you sleep? Uh, I didn't sleep. <laughs> okay. Right. And the boyfriend like, I mean, never when met I did, you? It, no, there were a few very close calls where like he came unannounced and I literally had to like, like one time she forgot about me in the closet and I woke up, I guess I ended up passing out and I woke up like a full day later just in this closet, just dying of thirst. And I didn't know, and, and I'm cocaine paranoid. So it's just like, and we're talking like, we're talking like, you know, a gangster, like right. a real deal. Like I'll fucking kill you, white boy, type of thing. Right, um, right. That's interesting. So also, like, there, there let were, me ask you this: post first exorcism, were you ever in those years, those early years, were you ever like, "There's a demon in me"? Was that ever a thought? Yes. Yeah, because there's this Bible verse that says, "If you come and bind the strong man in the house, and then the strong man gets out, he's going to come back with seven of his friends and take up occupation in the house. And basically that verse is saying, you get rid of one demon, but then you go back to your ways, seven more come and take their place. And so in my mind, it was like, oh, now I'm in a real situation because it's 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 not just one it's it's many and i mean honestly dude especially like when i started getting into meth and stuff i don't even know that that's far from the truth there's a lot of parallels in like serious psychedelic and i got into research chemicals and meth there's like meth for some reason has an odd dark spiritual attachment to it and i i'm really not even ready to say that that's not a demon, a possibility. Yeah. Well, even addiction, or, addiction as demonology is is a fair 
is a fair idea. Like it is. I mean, like everyone's like, oh, he has his demons. It's like when you're actually addicted to heroin or shooting coke or shooting meth, it's there. I want to hear more about this idea with meth, though. Like, what what exactly are you saying? Because I, I did meth for a very short because, period of time, and I didn't... I mean, like, I basically did meth as a transition to get back into heroin. I never got attached to anything that wasn't weed, pills, heroin, psychedelics. But I did meth, and I shot coke, and I did that shit. But it was nothing. It didn't stick around. But I want to hear... I think this is an interesting idea around around meth addiction yeah. and, and, well, and demonology. Like, so that this was when... Uh, like the two C's, like two CI, two CT, two CB, four MEO, DMT, all the research chemicals were the hot commodity. And so I'm doing a lot of those. And then I'm also doing a lot of meth and my apartment at the time I would have like, there were scrawlings all over the wall. I would have, um, I don't know if I would call it hearing voices, but communicate, you know, it doing things, saying things that I had a couple rage episodes where like my voice changed. Um, it, just a, like there was one time when I was in a room with a bunch of people doing meth and I kind of looked up and everyone in the room looked like they had shark eyes, like just these black soulless eyes and so the the my last night what really scared me into getting sober my last night using we were in this basement and it was three of us smoking meth each of us in a corner and alone no one was separated right yes no one was talking all you could hear was like a crinkle of a bag flicking lighters foil mixing in a spoon right and so I I looked up and I looked at my friend. It was this was a dude I met. That was the other thing I did was I would meet people in rehab. We would leave and then I would get their connections and we just used together, which is just a nightmare every time. But this guy, I looked up and this it was like, you know those videos of like you'll be watching it and something will jump out at you and it's like a jump scare video. So I looked sure. up at this at this guy and this like long-legged dog-faced kind of like almost like a werewolf-looking thing jumped out of him at me like hands around the throat and I I shook and I realized that I, I guess I kind of like nodded because I like, I jumped out of my chair to the point where they both looked up and they're like, Whoa, what the fuck? And I, it was so viscerally real to me that I, I, I literally, I, I got up, I went to my car and I fucking drove to rehab. <laughs> like, so were you like, were you like, it's, it's, it can be meth psychosis, it can be a hallucination, or it can be a demon. And I guess all of those things can be the same thing in a moment like yeah. that. Yeah. And then, ha- it, and then I so took, you- I, what I took it as was a sign. What I what took it as was a sign. That, that you well, the- because, well, so our plan, this was the dude that gave me the counterfeit money also. And so we still had some left. And our plan was in the morning, we were going to go to this girl that worked at a restaurant and we were going to switch out more money for actual real money. So we had like this whole plan involved and I took it as like, 
you this is like whatever these people are doing it's gonna end badly and you need to get away because i started and i tell people this all this all the time like i i, I tell people like you know, I've relapsed and gotten sober and gotten in trouble enough times to know that, and I still feel like God looks out for me even when I'm out there, is that you're going to get street signs, and it's on you whether you're going to read them or not. And so that was that was an instance where I said, like, I need to read the signs. And then, so what did you do? Uh, I, hold on one sec. Um... I drove to a gas station because I didn't have enough gas. So the treatment center was in Lafayette. I didn't have enough gas to get there. I drove to a gas station, um, hung around. This it was so this is like you know the random gas station. This one of my old using buddies pulled up, and he was like, da 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 da. Turned out he had some Suboxone. He gave me a Suboxone, which was a godsend. Um, I called another old using friend who had gotten sick? sober. Were you sick or did you get high off of it? I was still high. Yeah. That was also what kind of did it for me was that night I, I shot two grams of heroin and just n- did not feel a thing. And I mean, it was good heroin, but it was, I was just like, okay, we're at the end of the rope. There's no more sure. feel good neurons to go around. Like this is right. it. You know, um, there's no maintaining that shit. There's no, it's, it's, it's the end. And, so he gives, you um, don't take this. And my, and my girlfriend, he, what, what happened with that Suboxone? You didn't take it. When oh, you I took it. To yeah. Fuck. Yeah. But you didn't go into precipitated withdrawal off of it. No, yeah. no. Um, maybe I didn't, maybe that was a different time. Yeah. Cause that doesn't make sense. Maybe I pocketed. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Sam was Robin. Maybe it, was, it doesn't matter, but I don't want, I don't want to get any emails. Uh, debating the veracity of my stories let's just say i was high i don't i don't remember um so i get someone to give me some gas money nobody trusts me so it took a while like sure you're going to rehab buddy uh, again um but i found someone to give me gas money i don't even remember driving to lafayette but the next thing i remember i'm in lafayette and one of my buddies from the rehab i went to who i'm still friends with today met me um and took me to rehab and that was and 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 it was a different experience it was a different experience you put yourself because i was enough what please that was that was the the first and only time i because my you know no one at this point parent nobody is talking to me i had also the last part my my best friend who had put his house up to bail me out of jail one time i had ripped him off i had just done things that i had just i had never done before and this was the only time i took it to the end and this was this was the only time i had during this relapse um i had started snorting heroin and i was like i'm not going to shoot up you're not gonna do it and two weeks later i was shooting up and that was it surprised me i was like wow and you know that may seem silly to some people but for the first time i was like oh i can't i can this is i can't control this like this is like this is uh oh this, this is, is bad like addiction and this it, is like addiction yeah this is addiction and uh it, nothing was fun anymore i'm 27 i i'm uh i'm i'm still on probation for a 10 year deferred sentence 
Uh, there's a title loan out on the that? car that I'm what driving. Was ten, what was the 10 year deferred sentence? It it would be too long to just tell go me in the times. Just tell that me. was that was when I finally got arrested for the um, stealing a car from a casino, and I had a bunch of drugs, and my house got raided, and <laughs> a whole thing. <laughs> Serious yeah, fucking so. business. So you go, you finally get to treatment, twenty seven, and you're like, I'm ready. Yeah. Well, and it really took. Uh, I really I thought I was ready, um, and I was sixty days clean. They had just given me my driver's license to go get a job, and the girlfriend I had at the time called me while I was in there and broke up with me and I went outside and I punched the wall and I broke my hand and in that split second I said I'm gonna fuck this I'm leaving I'm gonna go to the ER and get some pain pills and I had another moment of clarity that said oh wait a minute you're that's all it took for you to go do this whole thing again and uh instead of doing that I went and told the people what I was thinking about doing and I think that was really I went in my room and and had like a long tearful conversation with God and I think that was the time I actually surrendered and was like I need help or I'm gonna do this again so that was really it still took because you know for the first 60 days it was business as usual like I always do good in treatment um I always do good at first um and I just did everything different when I got out, actually, like went to a sober living. I, I went to I joined a men's big book study. I sponsored people, took meeting, took uh, meetings to treatment centers. I worked a minimum wage job at a coffee shop for nine months. I mean, I just did every possible thing I could. I mean, my parents still didn't talk to me until I was a year sober. And when right. they picked me up from the airport, they still didn't believe I was sober. Like, that's how little my word meant it's a very it's very similar to chris's story um because that all happened to him his dad didn't talk to him for a year i think and um and you fell in with 12 step though you you decided that it worked and and you became and that was like i mean i'm sure that also played a part from your religious upbringing and and it, it, it it's all tied together in this amazing way um and your life changed when did, and and do you do you not have we don't have time to go to the to the current thing you, you're out of time you no work yeah well i got another podcast to do actually for someone what's the else. next podcast uh it's for this podcast called pastor with no answers all right well yeah listen i think we, this should, was, we should we should do we we should do a part two though yeah i'm down i i think this was an amazing behind the dope amazing like uh thank you I, and i can't yeah i realize never... you've never heard that and no, it, and and still there was you know a good decade of skip stuff when but it you know yeah so we can we can do a part two well thank you chad what do you think what do you think about going all over all that stuff is it all old hat or is it uh no it... it's good it's good to remember especially it's really good to remember because that was 
you, you say that about the Chris parallel. That's also what kicked me back in gear because me and Chris also bonded over talking shit about AA. It was me, my buddy Besh, and Chris. So because we, we were all studying to be counselors and therapists and psychiatrists, and we had gotten this thing where we're like, yeah, AA is not the only way, and we had all collectively slacked, and then. Chris died, and that was like, oh, wait, fuck, that's what happens, you know? And just to think about it, I remember remember me and him having conversations where he was like, he was talking about old relapses, and he would be like, well, in this old relapse, I would stop going to meetings, I would start hanging out with my girlfriend, and I would be doing this and that, and I'd be like, well, what are you doing now? And he'd be, and he'd start giggling. He'd be like, oh yeah, I stopped going to meetings, and I'm hanging out with my new girlfriend, and it's like, dude, and like, the, the idea of death was never on the table, right? No. Fucking, I know. It's like crazy. Crazy. So it, it really, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I don't hate to say, but it, it, it shocked me back into... Cause that's the, that's the, that's the shitty part about, especially, and cause I also related to the fact that we are the, we are in that 1% of the 10% of drug, like a lot of people in AA and recovery, they can skate by doing the bare minimum because factually they just weren't as bad. And I know it's not a comparison game, but in my experience counseling thousands of addicts there is such a A thing as like worse yes there are worse cases and i considered that i was one of those that could dilly dally but no i mean i can't unfortunately and with longer term sobriety the the temptation and tendency to slack off is so real Sure. And I mean, and it's just because, like, I fu- I love chemicals. I loved drugs, and and I still have a a fascination with them. And that was Chris's thing too, like perusing like the opiate subreddit and stuff. Yeah. It's like there's still that fascination, and I have to be real careful with that. No, I remember like in the very early days of dopey, like we were like maybe he was like. I don't know if it was his idea or my idea, but I, one of us was like, "You should, you should hit your neck with this syringe <laughs> full of water." Oh the yeah, opiate subreddit. And then he was like, "No, I can't do it." Um, but but dude, um, let's definitely do a part two. Uh, yeah. Thank you for coming through and dropping the fucking serious dopey. Uh, I'm I'm for very sure. angry at myself for not doing this earlier, but who cares? Here we are, and. Yeah. Uh, Life goes on, but uh, life goes on, man. All right. Well, I love you, Jed. I'm happy to see you on on the the, the video. That we this is cool, right? It is and, cool. Uh, I'm digging it. And, uh, and if you if you if you like what you hear, check me out on uh, Church and Other Drugs, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, check out Jed on Church and Other Drugs. And we'll definitely do a part two and fucking stay awesome. strong, dopey nation and fucking stay strong, for Chris. dopey nation. Vape knocks. Vape knocks for Chris. Thanks, Jed. Love you, bro. Love you too. So that was Jed. Shout fucking, out to Jed. Fucking from the pantheon of, of dopey history to the dopey present. Great word.
And we will we will have Jed come back for part two. To, I mean, the whole plan was to do this whole thing about what he's up to now. And then I was like, holy shit, we never got that fire dopey out of him before. You got some fire dopey out of him this time. What were your favorite favorite moments? When he was talking about a priest speaking to him in tongues, bro. Speaking tongues. And not only that, what's his name? And you go, <laughs> you go... Steve. <laughs> Steve, Steve, bring out. the demon out of me, Steve. Steve, bring it out of me. What's he call him? Bowsabus? Beelzebub? Beelzebub. I don't know. But uh, Jed, <laughs> thank you. We love having Jed on the show. Jed, Check that's out. fucking crazy, Jed. That's, crazy, Jed. That's fucking crazy. And then he's a live-in servant. That's fucking crazy. The live-in servant part was, was classic. Fucking crazy. That's classic. <laughs> Go hide in the closet. Forgot about the guy for like a day. <laughs> That's when you know you're in trouble. That's when you're in the closet. <laughs> Trapped in the closet. Shout out to R. Kelly. Well, there we go. I I feel really uh. I feel good. I feel like this has been some fire dopey session. Fiery. And and if we want the one person that could ruin the fire to the dopey session that would probably be my dad and my dad <laughs> my dad has a lot to say so we're gonna get him on the show my dad has a lot to say to jay i think oh really and i want to hear how, how how my father uh what he delivers oh, so that's gonna see. be great <laughs> all right here we go hello Hey, Dad, welcome back to the show. No, I'm on the show. Hi. Hello, everybody. You're not only... The connection is weird for some reason. Oh, come on. It's got to be good. I've been using the phone for two days. Everybody's saying it's fine. It sounds bad. Hold on. I hear my... Hold on for one sec. Okay, listen, Dad. You're on the phone with Fentanyl, a.k.a. Phenomenal J. Do you have anything you want to say to him? Mr. Mannheim. Oh, hello. Hi, Jay. What's up? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, no, I'm not so great. You know, my brother is trying to call me now, but I don't even know how to handle it. But anyway, no, I'm I'm not so great. My shoulder hurts. My knee hurts. But what the heck? I guess I'm old. But I got to get better because I need to be able to walk and play golf and Enjoy myself. Play golf. Listen, hold on, Dad. I, I didn't have you on the phone to talk about what ails you. I wanted you to come down on Fentanyl J. Oh, well, hold on. He asked me how I was. That's so. right. Just you'll, mi- you'll, milk, you'll milk any opportunity to complain, I know. Yeah. Where do you get it from, Dave? Hey, Jake, you, you tell me, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I, I'm better than ever, actually. You know? Just got back uh, from the gym. Nothing to complain about except my whole entire life. But other than that. Oh. <laughs> Any word about this uh, business with prison thing? Oh, What's it's down, it's coming down the pipeline. Looking forward to it. No, I don't know. It's all it's all in limbo. I'm in limbo right now. So you have no idea what's going to happen then? No idea. Dad, None. Dad, tell Jay what you said to me when you listened to Jay talk about his friend Ian with the gun in the canal. Oh, uh, listen, look, Jay, I'm, I, I guess you know this already, but uh, you've done, you've done some pretty, you know, quote, I'm going to use the word awful. 
bad stuff in the past. You've done some bad stuff. So when I heard you, when you heard you give your gun, it's all oh, good grief. I mean, the only good thing that happened with that is that he threw it away. That was the only. That was the only good Am thing. I being reprimanded by your dad right now. Keep going, Dad. Say, say keep going, Dad. Well, I mean, reprimanded. You know what you did. I mean, this is for you to. This is for you to turn over and then uh, a new leaf and. And live your what? What do you guys say? Live your best life. Live the best life. True. Do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. Now, Dad, yeah. I should have yeah. had you uh, ready for this. There's been some new. Do anything else you want to? Jay, what do you want to say to my dad? Does he sound like a sensible Jewish man? He sounds exactly like I thought he would sound. Yes. Um, dad, there's been some good reviews, and I figured you might want to take some pleasure in reading the new good dopey reviews. Well, how could I? What do you mean? I have to get on the computer or something? No, I want, I'm going to send it to your mind right now. Stand by. Yes, you have to read it off the computer. <laughs> oh, hold on. So where would it be? Like on the on the iTunes thing? You look at the iTunes review every day. <laughs> I know. I didn't see anything today. Not from today, but last week there's some good ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did read those. Yeah. No, they were very good. Yeah. They were so. I you, you, you want the dopey nation to hear this? Is it? No, I know you like reading reviews. You, I figured you'd like to reprimand Jay about the gun in the canal True. and infamous Ian. True. And I figured uh, you haven't read a review on the show in a while, and um, I wanted to give you more of a complaining platform. Well deserved repri- reprimandation. Is that a word? Reprimandation. That is reprimandation. A word. Reprimandment. Well, reprimanding is. Uh, no, yes. Uh, all right, wait a minute. Here it comes. So, um, okay. He sounds just like I thought he would. He's a uh, wonderful man. He's a good. He's a good guy. Shout out to Mr. Man. Hi. We have to stop saying. Just call him Alan because we have to bleep Alan. the last name. Oh, really? Because they don't. He's worried that people are going to track him down. True. Dad, didn't somebody track you Great. down at school? He teaches at FIT in Manhattan. Oh, really? <laughs> Making it much easier. Good group. Shout out to <laughs> Alan. <laughs> at, this point, at this point, it doesn't matter. You don't have to believe anything. Um, whatever happens, happens. All right. So you want me to read Jessica Menchinsky's uh, thing, my friends? No. Yeah. Well, you could. That was a girl me and Chris went to detox with. But I wanted you to read the one before that first. Uh, CC Stat. I think so. Is that a good one? Yeah, yeah, it's five stars. All right, so this is by a CC stat, and it says love with five stars. Nice. Okay, it says, I was listening to last day as I have had a husband who overdosed, oh boy, and committed suicide. Now, years later, my oldest son is addicted to meth and heroin. On last day, Dave was a guest. I now listen to Dopey and find myself laughing in the car on my way to work. Rush hour. Other people going slow beside me, taking a double take when they see me laughing to myself. By myself, no one in the car. You are the best. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's a good review, but a sad story. Though. What about before that one? Uh, best podcast ever. That sounds like a good one. Solid. Yeah, TMM1102. I love this podcast. I listen to this every day. By the way, by the way, Dad, 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 wait, wait. Before you say another word, I just have to warn you. And I, I first, I want to apologize to the Dopey Nation at how bad my dad's phone sounds. And Dad, when you hear this episode, you're going to be like, oh, David, I can't believe how bad my phone sounds. I, you were right this whole time because it sounds terrible. Just so we're clear, Dad. 
All right, so I'll complain about your your your, your uh, sound quality. <laughs> I'm telling you, you tell him it sounds bad. Then it sounds good. Then he puts sounds his thumb better. over the microphone, doesn't know what's going on, and it sounds bad. So we have um, to reprimand you every time it sounds bad. But I haven't changed my position of my hand or anything. Anyway, I apologize if the sound is bad. I apologize. I just can't wait till you yell at me how bad your phone sounds. That's what I'm looking. That's what I'm looking for. The great boomerang, the great guilt boomerang. Classic. Um, no. Now, what was the next one? I think the, the five stars. Let's hear it. The best podcast ever. Uh, I love this podcast. I listen to it every day, all day while I'm working. Nice. My my employees. My employees think I'm crazy. So he's the boss. My employees think because I'm constantly laughing to myself while I'm working. Keep it up, Dave, and toodles for Chris. That's a solid that's a solid review, right, Dan? Yeah, very nice. Yeah. So here I'm gonna make a call to the dopey nation. Leave a review, make it five stars, make it positive, and maybe my dad will read it. If it's not five stars, don't leave it. That's what I'm saying. What did you say, Dad? I said, don't complain about my phone quality. Yeah, I would love a review, a five-star review that reprimands my dad. That would be the perfect. And then my dad would read it in delicious irony. <laughs> That's terrible. Dad, do you have anything else you want to say to Jay about about? Uh, I did. I remember he also Jay also he also didn't like. Tell him about the cops, Dad. Remember what he said about the cops the first time he was on? Oh yeah, look. Uh, <laughs> Anybody who is a policeman, if they're uh, if they're doing it because they're a good person and doing it because uh, they're really protecting people uh, yeah. from, I don't think it's uh, it's very very nice to complain about cops doing their job to try to get somebody who's selling meat. You're so, so wait, you're saying so you're saying police officers should arrest people that sell fentanyl. <laughs> you're saying that that seems like a good a good thing for a police officer to do. Hold on, you guys. In today's New York Times, there's a whole in the science section. There's a whole article about fentanyl killing people all over the place. This is this is. Is uh, Jay mentioned is, in this article? <laughs> no, he's not. That's good. I think Jay out of the business. I think Jay is on a new a new road. That's what I'm thinking. Jay is. He's on the road to nowhere. He's on the road going nowhere. <laughs> no, fast. no. Jay, Jay is. He's, he's he's he's. Listen, Jay is on the right foot. I just wanted him to hear some good uh, reprimandations from some reprimanding from <laughs> from an older Jewish gentleman in, in New York City. I just thought that would be that would be good material yeah. for the show. Well, I hope I did a good job of reprimanding. I hope so. Do you feel? Do you feel? feel do you feel guilted but loved at the same time? Guilted but loved is that like the Jewish reprimand? That's what right he's there? going for. Yeah. That's what he's going for. That worked. Anything else you want to add before you go, Dad? Oh, why don't you tell the audience again about your your knee and your shoulders and where you're at? We need to hear it. You're, you're yelling at me for complaining, but um, <laughs> right now I've got to leave the house and go to be on my shoulder and then let them look at my knee while I'm limping over there. I'm not, you know, this is not good. Uh, it's young and vigorous. Now I'm uh, crutching. I'm crutching. <laughs> now listen, I want you to also, a very interesting thing also though is that the doctors put him on, uh, on Vicodin and he yeah. didn't like the way the Vicodins made him feel. So he, but, but the same as uh, the oxycodone. That's Vicodin, yeah. right? Or hydrocodone. What's oxycodone? Percocet. Okay, the Percocet, which is a higher, a better drug than the Vicodin. Cheers. But he he went to the he didn't like it. He went to the pharmacist and they gave him a chemical to render it, you know, imp impotent. Really. Impotent. 
Dad, yeah, true? I, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That, While he was on it? No. They gave no, him one. No, I, took, I took two pills, and the next day I didn't even know who I was. I said, the heck with this stuff. Um, and I and I to figure out and then I went to the to the drugstore and they gave me this powder and I mixed it together and it's gone. So that means that people like like Jay couldn't sell it wow. after you were done with it. If Jay happened upon this this uh, Percocet, he could never move them. Wow. Or if he was moving them, no one could get high from them. Wow. No, no, it, it would it would be you know you couldn't even ingest it. It turns it into thick. Uh, gooey substance bad for business let me ask <laughs> let me ask you this dad and i want you to be honest okay you had all these high octane uh opioids in your house were you worried that i was gonna look for them yes oh come <laughs> on kids that give me a, so quick. Uh, how uh, that, that's a never-ending thing that was so quick uh, I don't think I'm ever going to stop worrying, but I'm much better than I was before. That's for sure. Ah, yeah. Progress, I'm, not I'm, perfection. Yeah, true. <laughs> he I, goes, I, yes, I, immediately. Wait, what'd you say that? I can't hear you. I, I said, I said, I feel very confident that you're, you're okay. Um, but it's always in the back of my head. Though. Yes. What's coming oh. up with the dopey foundation? I'm doing fine. Everything's going I'm, great. I'm, Are you kidding I'm, me? You're doing fine. Listen, the Dopey Foundation right now, we're waiting for the lawyer to, to say, you know, that open up, uh, you know, to have a mailing address, to open up a bank account. I mean, right now we're, in, in, we're I'm sitting and waiting. I guess, I guess pretty soon I will call them and see what's going on. And what about DopeyCon 3? What's going on with that? October 1st, special guests are stacking up. Fentanyl J is going to be there. Going down. Smiling Joe, Brandon Novak, Aaron Carr, perhaps Amy Dresner, Andy Roy. I heard you might be making an appearance and kvetching on stage to the Dopey Nation. Is this true, Dad? Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Catered, <laughs> catered by Katz's. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. No, it sounds good. It, it sounds very, very good. Um, yeah, but you still have work to do on that, I think. No shit. Oh, I, it looks like the theater's locked in, though. It looks like we're doing it at Playwrights Horizon. Oh, that's interesting because the church, the guy, I called them two times. He never called me back. So. Well, maybe yeah. if they can make us a better offer than the Playwrights Horizon, then, we're, then we'll go there. But right now, oh, we, seem, we seem yeah. like we have a spot. So I'm excited. Uh, well, that's good. I left them, you know, I left them another message. So we'll see if he ever calls back. That would be good. I also right, want to say to the Dopey Nation before you go, Dad, that there's only yeah. going to be 198 seats. So get ready. Tickets are going to go on sale soon. I know the, you know, they're going to go quickly. You know what I'm saying? Fly. They're going to fly off the shelves. Like hotcakes. Like Jay's like fentanyl. fentanyl. <laughs> um, all right, Dad, uh, anything you want to say before you go? Uh, just everybody be healthy out there and, uh, don't, and, and, oh yeah, the article said that all of these quote pills that supposedly are pills are laced with fentanyl. And the fake like, Xanax and stuff. You don't, fake you don't, blues. The fake blues. Oh, and by the way, fentanyl is used as a, as an, and uh, for anesthesia during operations. When I had the knee surgery, I read the report and they didn't give me fentanyl. Uh, but obviously that is in control, uh, you know, in terms of the hospital. But the stuff that people order online is is deadly. It's horrible. Just horrible. Do you think people are going to start calling you Fentanyl Allen now that you've used some? No. Fentanyl I, I, Dad. No, don't do that. No, sorry. No. So do you remember, do you recall the sensation of what being on fentanyl was like that? 
No, absolutely not. You, you just you're out. The one minute you're talking to somebody, the next minute the operation is over. Intended. Uh, Sounds about and right. You don't even know what happened at all. All right. Well, thank you for calling in. That was an enlightening segment. I really appreciated all the stuff you said to Jay. Thank you, Alan. Okay, you're you're quite welcome, and uh, and and stay good. I hope you get Best that shoulder checked out. He's that getting the cortisone shots. Oh, really? Yeah, they're shooting him up with the steroids, oh, and it's helped. Ripped. It's it's working out, right, Dad? The the shots are doing you good. Uh, we'll see. It's a it's a work in progress. We'll see what happens today when I go. All right. Very good. Well. I love you and thank you for calling in. All right, love to you too, and and, and love to Jay also. Love you more. Okay. And to the right. do- and what about the Dopey Nation, Dad? Do you have a oh, message yeah. of hope to the Dopey Nation? And stay strong, Dopey Nation, and toodles to Chris. And uh, and definitely fix that phone, Dad. Sounds terrible, terrible. Uh, all right, goodbye, Davey. Bye, Dad. <laughs> Bye. All right. Do you know that painting looks like Polo G? Who's Polo? That's Rembrandt. That's a. Uh, that's Rembrandt painting fucking, uh, I don't remember what that is. It's a very famous painting. Every time Fuck. I look at it, I think of Polo G. Who's Polo G? It's a rapper. Rembrandt looks like Polo G. In that picture, I bet he doesn't look like Polo but That's G not Rembrandt. It's, it's, uh, oh, it's Homer contemplating the bust of Ulysses. Oh, classic. You know where I got that painting? Where? On the street, on 20th Street. It was just there, and I carried it For across town. Ta- yeah, I just took it. One of those guys on a subway with like a desk, like <laughs> no, was, that's where we get out stuff in this house. But it looks, pretty, I think it looks good. I like that. You like the painting? I do. What I about do. Thi- what about this little treasure that over one's here? That probably my favorite. Linda bought that I don't one. Know who that is? But it's probably my favorite. There are a bunch of like jazz heroes painted on this weird thing. It's a solid painting. Jay, what do you think of my dad? He is exactly. I don't. I wanted to say it, but I didn't want to say it because I was like, phones. He is. Sounds like. I bet I can tell what he looks like. He sounds like exactly what I thought he would sound like. Older Jewish. Oh, Davey, my But he looks shoulder. like he looks like uh, an older older George Clooney. Really beautiful. Really. Yeah, it's, it's a mirror. It's, it's it's crazy how how deformed and ugly I came out, considering <laughs> how beautiful I my parents were. I was surprised to hear he's six foot. Oh yeah, I pictured and like athletic. Five four. He's fucking shooting jump shots blindfolded. No way. Golfing like a fucking yeah, golf. pro. Dude's a savage. Yeah, he's seriously. How old is this guy? He's got to be seventy-eight. No way. Yes. Shut up. It's happening. He's it's all happening. Yeah, it's all happening. Shut up. Yeah. His his his. Uh, I hope that this stuff works classic out. Classic Jewish dad. For his oh, classic. as as Jewish and classic as it gets. Uh, we hope that your shoulders and your knees get better just so I don't do. have to hear you talk about it anymore. We do hope that. But uh, everyone loves my dad, especially me. Uh, and I just have to say this. Like, I put him through fucking hell. Oh, that you did. He, he, you heard him. He's hiding the pills still. still. Coming up on seven years it's been clean. seven years, dad. Not yet. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't blame him, you yeah. know. You know, there's tons of like, well, I'm not even going to tell you, but Linda has like, there's Xanax in the house. Locked. And, no, it's not locked. I, I, I mean, I told Dopey Nation this. We had a cat that was spraying the beds. Oh, yeah. They pers- they gave us a bottle of liquid Xanax for the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Exactly. Anyway, Jay, that was a classic appearance, I think. Thank you, Jed. Thank you, uh, Sober Buddy. Sober Buddy is doing these sober challenges. The, the newest Sober Buddy challenge that I have to do that I haven't done is go to a museum by myself. When's the last time you went to a museum? Exactly zero times ever. No, ever? maybe when I was a child, 
Jay is a serial dater. And I think you should it's take up. you should take someone take take Done. a nice young lady to a museum. Done. Say less. Which one? Well, do you want me to say names on the show? No, no, no. Which museum? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think you should go to Manhattan. Go to the Metropolitan yeah. Metropolitan I, Museum of I already Art. Got one. Got got one lined up. Metropolitan Museum of Art, and we'll do it as the Sober Buddy Challenge when you come back. I'm with that. Brian Parks free outdoor movie nights will return in June. She just sent me that. We're going to the city. Very romantic. Very. All right. St- thank you, Jay. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. Toodles. All right, I'm going to play this song, but only because uh, I think it's going to make me look a little bit more tired. I'm just going to start.
Where did you write? Why'd you write that? I like the lyrics. I hope they can hear 